super podcast time. I was ready days ago. Yeah, I was ready. Wussed out. I was so ready. I had all my teeth and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, you were a percentage more I was ready. More, I was more of a man <laughs> earlier this week. So if you lose a tooth, that means you lose some of your manhood. Yep. You lose any part of your body. Manhood gone right there. Just just gone. Under my pillow. I'm waiting for the tooth fairy to come get it. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Welcome. Hello and welcome to the end of time. I am Michael. And I'm Adam. And we're here to talk about any and all things gaming. I don't know if we're going to stick with that type of wordy intro or not. We might just say welcome to the end of time. Yeah, Nobody wants to hear you Nobody for that Oh, oh, so it's that, me. That, it's that, not just it's, the words. It's you. They, they came me. here for me. You just happen to be here. You're like the, the commercials. Sure, I'll take that. Nobody <laughs> cares about the commercials. Everybody skips over them, especially on YouTube. I, st- I still don't like the fact that if I want to watch a YouTube video, I have commercials. There should be a little button that pops up on the podcast, and it just whenever you start talking, it says press here to skip. Skip, skip, Michael. Just goes straight to me. The skip, Michael button. Yeah, just goes to me. You say that, you know, eventually somebody's going to make that happen. Yep. It's going to happen. This is a friendship that we've built <laughs> right here. So, uh, definitely want to thank everybody for listening <laughs> to the episode Zeta. Uh, it's been about a week. We we do plan to do these weekly. Uh, that's the plan anyway. Uh, I think we said this last time, though. Our schedules are kind of hectic, so it's we don't actually have a set schedule for you folks. Uh, there will not be a set day and set time this will be uploaded. Uh, you just kind of, for now, have to generally look at it as uh, sometime in the week you will see an episode. Also, we are aware, Adam and I are both well aware of the audio issues last time. Uh, there was some audible beeps that happened quite frequently through the podcast. Yeah, we're trying to work to improve those a little bit. Yeah, th- thank you for sticking through all that. Thank you for the you know sticking through the ear rape that that is loud beeping frequently. Uh, if you if you listen to the whole thing, thank you. We appreciate any and all audience. Um, I will tell you now, uh, we did we I've been checking the Twitter and the Facebook and all the social media, including the email. I haven't seen any questions. I've seen a little bit of feedback here and there, but. Uh, especially after today being uh, what our topic is today. Please send emails. Let us know what you think. Uh, let us know if you want us to talk about anything. Let us know if you have any questions, if you have preferred things based off what we're going to talk about. Uh, just bear with us. These first few episodes are going to be kind of different. They're going to bounce around. Uh, I have personally bought another microphone. It's on the way. Uh, Adam will probably be purchasing one as well. We may try a different program. We may try different uh, editing techniques. Just uh, please bear with us. There's going to be a rough phase until we get all the kinks worked out. But uh, at a minimum, you're still going to have me and Adam both talking about. Oh yeah. About what we're going to talk about. Whoa, whoa, you booze. Oh yeah. Whoa, you booze. We ain't got to the topic yet. Let's start with the <laughs> basics. It's coming though. Let's it's coming. <laughs> I asked for this. Let's start with the basics. Adam, what have you been doing this last week? Tell me about the. What have I me, been doing this last? Tell me about the life of Adam in the past week. Last week. Gaming, uh, life, anything, oh, everything. Man. Well, I finally figured out how to make money on War Thunder, so I was happy about that. And uh, been grinding on the lower battle ratings. I found that I got to like tier four, and they were just whooping my ass because American tanks suck because they're all Shermans and they can't do anything. So I went back to the lower tiers where you know the guns are still lethal, and I've been killing people. 
So that, that's been good. I've been playing Witcher. I've been playing uh, that airships game I talked about last time. And I'm definitely interested in Witcher. I'm How still I still have this anchoring to go back and beat Mass Effect three, but I just haven't gotten around to doing it. Wait a minute. Beat three again? Or yeah, beat, it, beat it again. Okay. And uh, the the reason I I went back I was trying to go through the whole Mass Effect series again before mm-hmm. you know Andromeda launches, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just you know I got through almost all of two, and then I just I ended up getting sidetracked somewhere. I've got got to do the last little bit of DLC for two, and then I'll jump through the gate and then I'll come back and finish out the stuff to go to three. But I just, I'm like, uh, every time I think about it, I'm like, eh, I can get around to it later. It's a lot to juggle too. If you're, if you're, if you're trying to play Mass Effect two or three and Witcher, like Witcher is gonna keep pouncing on. Yeah, that. Witcher's like, no. Hey man. Witcher's we like, no, nah, you got, you got, we gotta finish this shit up. Witcher's like, nah, you better get done with me I before I draw the cons. I, I ain't fucking Dragon Age Inquisition. You ain't just gonna leave me laying there <laughs> unsatisfied. Yeah, you just now you're thinking of Geralt wanting satisfaction, aren't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, he demands it, so you kind of got to give it to him. Uh, he looks like he gives, like he gets. Yeah. Old up, he's just old like up body and just pounding it. Just pounding it. Just pounding it. We're oh, just doing man. another reference. He just today. does it. Oh God. Quote unquote second episode. Giving another oh, reference. Man. I, I kind of did the same thing. I I went back. I'm not I'm not on my week yet. Just in, jumping on your Mass Effect talk. I played through all of Mass Effect one again a couple months ago. Had a good time. Went from start to finish. Did everything in the game. Started playing Mass Effect two. Got about maybe maybe ten fifteen hours into it, and it wasn't just that I got sidetracked. I just got eh, just got bored with it. Well, that's one of the things I did notice. Uh, I've been watching. I, I'm, I know you aren't super interested in Andromeda and the way it's coming out, but I've been keeping track of it. And I noticed they upgraded it from partial nudity to full nudity. Oh. So maybe they're taking a cue out of The Witcher's playbook and saying, you know what? We're going to tell an adult story. Man, you know, we've already gotten M rating, so let's just go with it. Yeah, I mean, they've already considerably flirted with that line in the past Mass Effect, especially 2 and hey, 3. It's kind of so. interesting to see Bioware crossing that line, though. Really? Bioware's not known for that? No, Bioware has interesting stories, but I haven't, I haven't thought of too many, you know, games where they were just like, okay, well, full on, here it is. Mm-hmm. You know, full frontal nudity, not like The Witcher. Right. You know. Uh, so it's kind of that... I'm wondering if that's what they meant, but... Now here's what I wonder... And it's weird to talk about it between you and I because we're full-grown adults. We don't look at these kind of things. But was The Witcher 3, like, it rated in for Mature? I'd imagine it had to have been. So then I guess Andromeda is going to be rated in for Mature. Wouldn't that cut their audience down some? Wouldn't that reduce their sales? Uh, I mean, you know, you make a game for adults, and you look at the demographics now, and it's between 18 and 35-year-olds. Yeah, true. We're, not, we're no longer catering to the majority of gamers have grown up and are, you know, our age. We need to make you a know. topic of that one day. We're, we need to talk about that. Uh, that could be a topic all by itself. Yeah, just like ratings and like just in general, like what what age would you let your kids play what and whatnot? Because uh, you're, you're facing that now as a father. I will be facing it someday. But it'd be it definitely a good a good topic for discussion. Daddy, throw her on the tracks, Daddy. Daddy. Yeah, yeah you my, get to tell all your my, my four year old daughter Sadist. telling me to telling me to tie the Dead Red Redemption tells me to tie the woman up and throw her on the tracks. Imagine and them, Daddy. 
she got me an achievement. Believe it or not, there's oh, a God. dastardly achievement for, wow. for leaving a woman on tracks while a train comes by. So that was cool. What else you do this week? Tell me. Tell what me. else I do this week? Uh, a lot of work. Uh, let's see. Gaming-wise, uh, was a, that was about the extent of it. Extent yeah, of I went and I've been kind of eyeing playing uh, that game, Harvest Moon Valley. Not Harvest Moon Valley. Stardew, Stardew Valley, Valley which is based, which is like that. Harvest Moon. Right, right, right. Um, <clears throat> I have, I have it on Steam, and I played it for a while, and I, you know, I played, just kind of piddled around with it. You know, it's kind of, it's really deep, and there's lots of different directions you can go, but I just, I couldn't d- uh, devote the amount of time that, it, you know, it demanded it from me. Right. So I was in the middle of playing four or five different RPGs. Mm-hmm. Like I always am, and um, <clears throat> so I I kind of gave up on it, and I've been thinking about going back because I'm just on randomly watching YouTube videos that come across um, uh, what's it called? There's a uh, channel DT on um on YouTube, and he just kind of he does funny commentary about Stardew Valley, and he was like, oh, well, you know, you give this guy a rock because he's an idiot, and blah blah blah, you know, and I, it just kind of got me. Back in that mood to to go about and play that. Uh, so, you gotta, say, uh, so you can put it down right now because of time, but you want you have a desire to go back to play it. Kinda. Okay. Yeah, I'm starting to get that itch, but right now I'm just I'm in the same situation I was when I left it. I've just got so much on my plate right yep. now. I'm trying to get accomplished. That's actually a big a big uh topic right now for a lot of gamers is that man, 2017 is kicking off with a wealth of games. I mean, look at what's out right now, which I want to talk about later. They got Zero uh, Horizon, Zero Dawn just came out. The uh, the new Zelda Breath of the Wild came out. There's uh, people are still all about For Honor, uh, and there, I'm sure there's like four or five other good title, titles right now that that people are missing. Yeah, that should be good. Um, it, it's it's going to be a really good. Uh year this year i think it's going to be a pretty good year if we're already in february we've got i mean maybe march now and we've already got this amount of games i hope more is coming we need we need that we need a year where we've even if it's not like a 1994 or or 96 year we need a year where it's like man and this year in the in the teens of the 20s 20 whatever there was just a mountain of good games because a lot has been a lot of the past years for me, for me anyway has been eh, it's been about three or four good games and the rest of them are nobody cares about and I don't care about. Yeah, I I mean the main thing I like is is just I having a game I do, like Mass Effect mm-hmm. where it comes out and I'm just looking at it like wow you know that, I can't believe this came out. Mm-hmm. Um. There are a couple of good games. I, I heard that the new Zelda game was actually really pretty good. Oh, can we do it now? Can we just go ahead and talk about it now? Yeah, I mean, we can talk about it. Oh, my God. We can talk about it a little bit. I mean, I'll, I'm only going to talk about it a little bit because I don't have it yet, but I've watched a quick look of it. I've watched a couple good, notable uh, reviewers that I subscribe to uh, look over it, and just from what I see, I mean, Adam, starting from the top, the map is huge. The map is what? it is You want to know what I saw when I looked at it? What? I saw The Witcher 3 with the Zelda coat of paint. Yes. And that's, that's what I saw. fine. I like and I'm gonna, it. I'm going to lead into this later. Yeah. Well, I'll say this much. And again, as of this date of this podcast, right this second, I've already started bugging my wife. I'm like, I want that. I want that. I want that bad. 
Comes out tomorrow, doesn't it? Huh? Comes out tomorrow, doesn't it? I believe so, yeah. And I personally, not just from a Nintendo game, but definitely a Zelda title, I haven't had that draw to a game where I'm like fever pitched. I've got to have this. I want that. I want to play that game. Just chomping at the bed for this since, game. Huh? Since Ocarina and, and Link to the Past. Like the other Zeldas since then were okay, but I'm we're, we're in that age now where we have, you know, we could see gameplay footage. We can, we can watch reviews happen and we could see this. And now it's just everything I see in that game. I've now got to the point where I don't want to watch nothing else. Yeah. I've seen a good hour and a half gameplay. That's enough. I've seen a couple reviews. That's enough. I don't want to watch reviews. You don't want to spoil I don't want to watch a you don't, you don't want to overdo it. I, no. I want to stop right now. And I just want that savor game. the rest of the experience. The yeah. game looks so good. It is so expansive. And they just pocketed just things. Just And it, it's funny you mentioned that because that's what one of the guys was talking about. And he was like, oh, I'm just walking through this area, which is, you know, one one thousandth little spot of this gigantic map. Oh, I see this thing on the map. Oh, I want to go check that thing out. I'll go check that out for about five or minutes or so, and then I'll get back to the main quest. Yeah, two hours later, he's still on that side quest. <laughs> that I love. There is content. Yeah. There is there is a wealth of things to do. Sounds like somebody got the page out of yes. it. You know. Sounds like somebody watched that last sequelitis. And, yeah. And yeah. he took Eoraptor's advice. I'm going to punch him in the face. The it, next time. Don't get me wrong. I did like Twilight Princess. It was good. I like Wind Waker. It was good. I have Skyward Sword, but I haven't played it. I heard it was um, bad. I, I heard it, it was, was bad, really but I want to play it and get my opinion. Excuse me. But I have not had this. It feels like they went back home. It feels like that we have finally got that Zelda we've been looking at, we'll be looking for since like Ocarina of Time. If that's the case. I actually heard that they're burning a couple of troops. There, yeah. a couple of a couple of sacred cows are being killed off. Yeah, well, one of them that I saw right off the bat was there's, and let, let me just say right now, I want to kill the meme hype over this shit. I never had a huge problem with Navi. I really didn't. Navi didn't get in my ear throughout Ocarina of Time and go, "Hey, listen, hey, hey." She was not that annoying to me. She didn't have this overbearing appeal. I hear that the NPC that helps you in Skyward Sword does. Apparently that NPC helper is, is just all it's Navi on drugs. Yeah, just yeah. like, hey, do this. Hey, your batteries are running out. Hey, go here. Hey, do th- I hear that. In this game, apparently Breath of the Wild, that's not there at all. They say they plop you down in this world and they say, go. So I'm down for that. All well, I, I actually heard that they, they destroyed a lot of tropes. Like, uh, there won't be dungeons. There are not in the traditional sense. Yeah, there. Now and I don't the, know the concept of the concept of going into a dungeon and then getting an item, and that item helps you complete the dungeon. That's out too. Right. Yeah. Um, you know things like Link wearing a green tunic. He's wearing a red tunic in this. He one. has, from what I saw, all types of armor and armor sets. Well, and they can be dyed. I so also you can saw, find yeah, they can be dyed. Yeah, so. you can find one or two and dye them to make it look like the hero's tunic. But either one or two things I haven't confirmed yet. Either there is no hero's tunic, even if it's an updated one. There's no hero tunic garb at all, and you just kind of got to make shift one through dying other pieces, or. Nobody's shown it yet. I also saw that the weapons degrade. They yeah, break. They, do. they do, which sounds bad, but they throw stuff at you. I mean, there's stuff all over this world. You can chop trees down. You can chop 
grass down. I saw him riding you a bunch of different horses, too. Yeah. It looked like he got multiple horses. Mm-hmm. Apparently, and maybe like can, the horses had a statistics page, I think I remember. I think so. I think most of the time that, you, as far as I know, you don't have a traditional, like, Epona. I'm throwing up quote marks. You don't have an opponent. You don't think she'll appear in the game? I'd be like the legendary horse that I you I would get. hope so. so. That would be awesome. That would be okay. She's like, what up? And you finally get her at the end. This is this is why, this is Nintendo. This is why you talk to people like me and Adam to give you ideas. If you haven't already done this in, in Breath of the Wild, this is the way it should be. The way it is right now is there are wild horses in the game. Uh-huh. So Link can be just walking through the terrain out in the field. He'll see a pack of wild horses and he just picks one and then gets on him. Then you got to fight the horse. You got to, yeah, you, yeah, sure, sure. You yeah, me just the horse. Gets yeah, on the horse. Sure. No, you tame the horse. Riding around. And apparently you can either keep the horse kind of right then and then ride around and do what you want and let it go, or you can save it and send it back to a stable and you can give it a name. You can start raising it and everything. I say that's great. Bravo, Nintendo. What you also should do is have Epona somewhere in that world. Just have her just out. You just out. open up a box and this fucking horse <laughs> pops out. You're like, <laughs> you like, oh, guy, he's holding up the horse. He's holding up a fucking balled up horse. <laughs> it's like, it's a pony's head. But and you that have to collect be... the rest of the pieces of her and oh, stitch God. her back. Oh, God, where did this go? That would be awesome. <laughs> to just be out in the. You would have her, maybe she's like a little bit bigger than the other horses, and her mane is like immaculate. She just, you can tell, like, this is like a, like a rare horse. And uh-huh. you. You find out. You bring her back to town. <gasps> you found Epona. You did you not know what that horse? That's like an immortal horse or whatever. That's oh, that's right. And you know what? People are right now listening to this and they're probably going, "Dude, I'm already through this." They do that. That'd be cool. We just want you. We just want y'all to know that that'd be cool. Um. Yeah. As far as the dungeons go, apparently there's hundreds or maybe over a hundred. Just over whatever of these, they're, they're little mini dungeons. So you can go in. You can spend anywhere from like five minutes to complete a dungeon, or maybe twenty twenty five minutes. And they all warrant something. They may give you a weapon, or they may give you the boomerang, or they may give you a heart piece or something. And they're scattered everywhere. Well, supposedly this this game starts with Link getting a letter from Zelda mm-hmm. saying that she's at so and so castle, and so he goes there and finds out that his adoptive daughter is you know in trouble Mm -hmm. so he and zelda go out to get his adoptive daughter Mm -hmm. and after this they go through all kinds of escapades and stuff like that and then he meets up with this other chick that he'd been dating on the side Mm -hmm. while he had amnesia oh oh uh so it's (laughs) (laughs) are you giving me the witcher plot right no no definitely not it's definitely not it's definitely not exactly the game is not exactly the witcher just with Zelda put Close over. enough. <laughs> they were just like copy. That is something else I will say. I do not know the plot of this game. I know that NPCs do have voice dialogue. I've seen a lot of. I've seen the, the a Goron guy and some bird guy actually verbally speak. I've I've seen Zelda speak. I have not seen Zelda uh, Link speak. You have not seen Zelda speak, huh? <laughs> yeah, you haven't seen Zelda speak. Left or right, huh? Yeah. But fucking the green uh, guy, Zelda. Oh yeah. shit! Butt fucking counter just went up. Butt fucking counter. For those out there that want to keep a good running counter, please start a butt fucking counter because there goes one. You um, said it several times now. This is also this is something else I want to talk about just for a brief minute. I'm a stickler for some things when it comes to Zelda. If you want to see where I'm justified, I point you to. Uh, 
Metroid Other M, which no, I personally have not played, not a single bit. I've barely watched gameplay footage of. But from what I hear from reputable sources and from seeing the little few things that I've seen, Samus apparently talks. Not only does she talk, but they have a character around her. And that character is not that character that in that game does not subscribe to what we all know Samus as. I think Samus should be completely silent. I'm sorry, I'm just is that is that the way you really feel? You just feel like she should be completely I'm silent sure. all yeah. the time. Yeah, sure. Let's throw this into a misogynist argument. No, I'm saying that her character. Now, this is also it, was, it wasn't even a misogynist argument. It was a. It was. Do you feel like she should be a silent protagonist? I I do. Why? Only be, because up through the times, that's what I've known her as. And somebody, they've already given the reins over to somebody to give her a voice and a character. Whenever you give a character that doesn't have a voice, a voice, and I'm talking words, not just, you know, wahoo, like Mario. When you yeah. actually you give them a lot of dialogue, and you can give, you don't just give them dialogue. You give them a character. I have a character in my head when I think of Zelda and when I think of Link. And when I think of Samus, when I think of all these characters, Chrono, for God's sakes, these Chrono, characters that do not have Chrono a voice. never, ever talked. I have a voice in my head of what they seem like. I will always have that voice. You will have a voice, too, and your mental voice may not match mine. But not only do I have a voice, I have a character around them. When you start giving these characters voices, you cement them. You say, now this is what they are. I just don't feel Link needs one. I am I am one hundred percent fine with Link always just being yeah wah, the, all the yeah the, the, the sure yeah all the sound effects that he makes <laughs> that is fine with me. I'm also fine with everybody around him talking. So we'll see what that's like when I actually play Breath of the Wild. But I, I have no problem with it. I just don't want the main characters that don't have a voice to have a voice. Um, I'm sure we can have a talk about, topic about this one day. It'll be strictly about dialogue and voice and everything. We can go into minutia of why, but uh, that's 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 my hard stance right now. Uh, I haven't seen or heard Link talk, and I'm fine with that. But man, just, again, just well, I mean, there are some characters that work best as a as a mute protagonist. Okay, but here's the thing. Give me an example. But, Give me just one example. Any RPG character that is a mute protagonist should remain a mute protagonist. Because, and I'm going to tell you why, because there were events where they could have talked, mm -hmm. and they did not. Okay? They may have made a yes nod, or they may have been like no, or they might have been surprised. They might have shown emotion in another way. Right. But when they didn't say anything, that was part of their character. Right. Okay? Uh, examples being any any RPG character that did it. The difference is, is that Samus never interacted with anything. Right. Samus didn't have characters that she could have interacted with. Therefore, point. now that she can, maybe she can. Before, she's just the Doom guy. Yeah. There's she, nobody to talk to. She's off in another place, in another world. And there's nobody here she's that surrounded I can actually by talk other to. life of aliens. Yeah, she could be cursing to herself, but I mean, nobody wants to hear that. Right. Um, but. I think it's less of a sacred cow to kill it for somebody like her, and especially with her being like one of the few female video game protagonists, mm -hmm. especially OG video game protagonists, yeah. then maybe she should have a voice. But if you're going to do it, 
you gotta, gotta do it right. You, you gotta, gotta do it right. You gotta do it fucking right. And apparently I, they did not. My vision that I have when I think of Samus, I don't think of the fucking sexy zero suit, this fucking sex object they're trying to make her. I, I do. think of Wait, I no, think of <laughs> I think of the suit. Like if if I was just at work and somebody came up to my face and said, Hey, Samus, Samus Aran, Metroid, go. Think of Samus. I would think of the suit. I wouldn't think about her voice. I wouldn't think about her personality. I wouldn't think about her. I mean, I saw one time where she fucking waved a hand as she was leaving an area at the end of uh, Metroid Prime 2, I think it was. Uh, I could be wrong. But I don't see her will. I don't see her domineering attitude. I don't see her sassiness. I don't see any of that. I, I have this strong, determined, going to get shit done. She's going to go in. Make shit happen and come out, and I I completed my mission. That's the attitude I have. When you start adding a voice that has a different character of her second-guessing things or her having moral conundrums or wondering if the fucking stove is on back at her house, that detracts from me. That takes away from the character that I know. So if they don't make her like that, great. Give her a voice. Well, if she had been like this stoic character, uh, take like Master Chief-ish, for example, where she just comes in, goes, get the fuck up, get up off the ground, fight. Mm-hmm. Then she'd have been fine. Mm-hmm. If she, You could take Master Chief, feminize his voice, and give it to Samus, and it would work perfectly. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, but it's just got to be done right. Exactly. Um. And from what I could tell, that wasn't what the case. Uh, I mean, you know, but I don't think it was a fault of what they were trying to do. It could I have think been it was team. a fault of how they executed it. I agree. I mean, you got you have to remember as well. And again, I'm I'm hoping I'm getting the facts right because we're not a fact checking podcast. But uh-huh. Nintendo did not make Metroid Other M. They gave it to a team. Team Ninja made Other M. So that's that's giving, another one of Nintendo's problems. Is they they. Let people right. play with their shit. But see, this also goes back to argument we had before about companies about like EA. Like, yes, Team Ninja made Metroid Other M, but I'm assuming that they still had to present that product back to Nintendo. And somebody in Nintendo's QA, marketing, uh, stress testing, uh, focus testing, whatever, had to look at that whole product and go, yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's her. Yeah, that's good. This this matches up with Canon and matches up with her and everything. Yeah, it's good to go. And if they did, if they then then they dropped the ball, they'll have fucking on Nintendo. If Nintendo greenlighted it, then it's Nintendo's fault. Nintendo, it's their character. It's their ability to lose their character. I'm willing to give them another shot. I'm gonna. I'll say that too. Like I don't want to just throw it out. Like now that's been severed. Eh. I would want. I'd want it to know that it was sanctified solely by Nintendo. Once you get to the point where you've screwed it up badly once. Mm. It's not um it's not one of those things where you go back into it with a uh, head full of steam. True. You, you don't it. you don't want another Sonic on you your don't hands. want you don't want it to be like Sonic team. And that's yeah. exactly where I was going to go with that. Is you screwed it up once. Oh, well let's just turn the dial, spin this son of a bitch and fucking try it again. And oh god, now he's got he's got guns and and he's making out with a real chick and what the hell is going on? You don't want to mess with Metroid like that. You don't want to take one of their core anchoring franchises and just start let's just Let's make it what it. Let's make it something else. Now again, the argument before that we made, Metroid Prime is a good example where they changed the formula, but still, I don't. Uh, they don't need it, to go willy. It can be done. I'm they not saying it can't be done. I'm saying that it should be very carefully considered how yes. it's done. Yes, I agree. 
Um, that's that's all I got to say about it. So yeah, so that's part of my week. Again, I I, I saw the Breath of the Wild thing a few days ago, and I just uh, I can't I can't say enough about it. All I can tell you right now is that the the big takeaway for me is that if you can think back to the the pat the, the podcast we just did and we were talking about memories, I hope that me and Adam together are both made you uh, wonderful people understand that there was a there was we we had to have a Zelda like when uh, specifically around Link to the Past and that that desire that oh I've got, I can't I cannot wait I wish I had the money now I want it I need it now that's the way I feel about that game I don't give a fuck about the Switch I don't give a fuck about the Wii U I don't care if I had to play that thing on my PC or my PlayStation 7 I want to play that game that game has me drawn in well, well that that's actually one of the problems with it for me is that I will not no matter how good that game is, I will not throw down several hundred dollars to play it. Well, you're a step ahead of the game in this department because you already have a Wii U, and that game is out for the Wii U. It's out for both. Yeah. So I, w- I would not buy a Switch for that. I would buy it for the Wii U. Yeah. I'm up in the air. Um, I'm kind of in that mindset where if I'm going to spend hundreds of dollars, I might as well spin it and get a Switch. Uh, I could get a Wii U, and there's actually a couple games I would like to have on the Wii U, like Tropical Freeze. But again, the potential for games that are coming out for the Switch outweigh the games that are already out for the Wii U now that I care about. Like, I care about Mario Maker a little bit, but I don't get into the elitist aspect of Mario Maker, where I need to make the hardest level and make Adam play through it. I've seen that done several times on gameplay footage. I've seen it done at GDQ, and that was a pretty good Oh, and I, I ain't going to be able to do it anyway. Right. Not that, there's <laughs> not that, that good at platformers anymore. There's that. There's Tropical Freeze. I mean, this is without me pulling up Google right now and looking at a list of Wii U games. There, I, I'm going to really throw a spitball guess. There may be five games I'm interested in on the Wii U. That's not enough for yep. me to buy that system. And, and but Zelda alone will sell that system for me. And, and and if that happens to fuck up, which I don't think it will at all in any way, shape, or form, there's a new Mario game coming out. I'm always all about a new Mario game. That's at least two. So, we'll see. We'll see. I don't have the money for it right now anyway, so we'll just, we'll really have to see. Moving down the track, moving down the track as far as my week, um, a, a day or so after we recorded the, the actual first episode, uh, I beat Dark Souls 2, got that completed, had a pretty good oh, yeah. time with it. You got it, you got it beaten? Yeah, I beat Dark Souls 2. I'm pretty sure I did the DLC as well, because I got the whole thing together, but... Are you, are you ready for Dark Souls 3? Well, here's the thing, let me get to that. I think... I mentioned before that it took me a long time to get through Dark Souls. I have no problem admitting that. I have no problem admitting that I died several times in Dark Souls. I died for months on end. That's the point of the fucking games from the get-go. It doesn't matter if you start with Demon Souls or Dark Souls or Bloodborne. You're going to die a lot because you're not used to the, the mechanics, the systems, none of that. Well, once I finally plowed through deep Dark Souls, I actually played, Dark through, uh, played through Dark Souls about two or three times. Then I went to Bloodborne. Bloodborne is still a fucking difficult game, but it was a little bit easier for me because I've already have that. You already got memory. the. You've already got the twitch fingers going. I already on. know. Hey, I don't need to be willy nilly going around corners. I need to have my shield up. Well, in Bloodborne, you don't have a shield. I need to be like. I need to be careful in areas. So yeah, I kind of knew what to look out for. I knew the little little nuances, little tricks of the trade to beat bosses and enemies. So Bloodborne took me a little bit of time, but I I went through it. Same thing with Dark Souls 2. I've already been through Dark Souls several times, so I kind of just 
pretty much went through Dark Souls 2. I had a couple bosses that hang that hook hang me up a little bit, but I went through it. It's not a bad game. It's not a great game. It's a little bit less of a good game for Dark Souls for me, only because Dark Souls was my first, and I just have a I have it's in my heart. I, I love Dark Souls. Did you get to play Demon Souls yet? I'm fixing to get to that. Oh. So after I did that, uh, I was trying to figure out what game I wanted to play next, and I went straight into Demon Souls. So I'm playing through that now. Um, in. Finally playing the first. This is going to be good. We're not going to have the discussion now because I, I want to beat Demon Souls completely before we have that. I think that will probably be the christening of us to make this the, the Souls talk uh-huh. is once I finally play through Demon Souls all the way and beat it. Uh, we're just, folks, we're just going to have a, we're just going to have an episode where we're probably going to gush for an hour and a half about just everything from software. Um, I like Demon Souls. I like it. Uh, everything that I've known. That that feel, I've, does it feel any different than your comparison for Demon Souls 2? It feels... Demon Souls 2 being two sequels for me. It actually doesn't feel that different. It no. really doesn't. Um, th- there are a couple quirks that I don't like, and I'm sure you've told me about this in the past, but it went in one ear and out the other because I was not going to spoil myself mentally on anything for Demon Souls. But uh, I don't like – again, re- taking res- – I'm saying this respectfully, mind you. Uh-huh. I don't like the fact that it doesn't have Estus Flask, that it's com- it, it works off of grass. Yeah, uh-huh. It's a consumable item. However, as I've already started doing now, you can farm that shit. Every level of grass, you can go somewhere and farm it. Yeah. If you if you know where to go farm souls, you can find NPCs to buy the stuff from. So it's just it's all it does is add a little bit more time to your wear. That's that's all it is. Yeah. But as far as mechanics, uh, I also don't. We, you don't have a kick in Demon Souls. You have a push. You kind of have like a nudge, like a like a, like, a, like a elbow push. Elbow kind of thing. Works kind of the same. It still throws them off. Still disoriented. Um. Did you run into anything you shouldn't have? Uh, I think of a couple of well, things that are right at the beginning. Well, here's the thing. Uh, this is something else that, by the way, another uh, gripe I heard from a lot of people saying they didn't like in Dark Souls 2 was that it's hub-based. Like you start in an area and you go to an area. And I'm here to say that that's, that's kind of right and kind of wrong. Uh, it does. It's not as shortcut heavy as Dark Souls, especially nowhere near as shortcut as, as Bloodborne. Uh-huh. But – Dark Souls 2 kind of works in spokes, kind of the way Demon Souls was. Yeah. You do start in an area. The difference is when Dark Souls 2, all of the world is still interconnected. Yes, it works in spokes, but in Demon Souls, you have to teleport to a world. I can't leave the hub world, the little glass area, and walk to Area 1-1. Walk to area three, four. Eventually, you have to teleport there. In Demon Soul and Dark Souls two, you can. You can walk to area one one and carry your spoke out all the way through. You just have to come back. Um, so that, that that's a gripe that it, that I'm trying to give two reviews at one time for some weird reason. I yeah. like Dark Souls two. I have no complaints about that game. I don't see why that game got such shit. Another thing people complain about Dark Souls two was it was too easy. I well, they up their game. I will admit that I had a easier time with Dark Souls 2, but I cannot say for certain that that's because the game itself is quote-unquote easier or because I've already played Dark Souls like seven, eight, nine times. I've gotten that skill. You got, you, you've got your groove on. Exactly. So it's the same can, thing when you're rolling up into Demon Souls. Exactly. You've already got your. You've already got the mindset that it requires. And 
unfortunately, I'm never going to have the that, backwards mindset. I, you're never going to go back to not exactly. being scared as fuck going around the exactly. corner. So if, if, if like 20, 30 people that I know in real life that I trusted their, their soul's opinion – have never played a game and and Dark Souls was their first, and they come at me after beating the game with the man that shit was easy. I could then possibly go, all right, maybe the game was easy, but the game was easier for me because I've already been there, done that. Yeah. Demon Souls, um, it, yes, it has had a couple areas where I realized I wasn't supposed to be there, mainly because just like in Dark Souls, you get hit one time and your shit's either gone or you're dead. Yeah. I've had a couple instances like that. You can, from what I remember. Uh, you, you can, can go, go to the dash one area of every of every level at the onset. Yeah. So you can totally go to a place you're not supposed to go, and it has kind of the same effect of uh, your shit's getting pushed in, buddy. You shouldn't be here. There's also a, uh, a preferred order to go in. There's a preferred order, and there's also no set order Correct. except for one. You can like, go you to have any. to start at the hub one. You yes. have to start at the dash one, and if you beat the dash one, you can go to the dash two. You can't go to like area three dash four three right off the bat. You have to go three one three two three three. But you can start at area one or area two or area three or area four anytime you want, and I like that. That's that still builds that where should I go because the people, gamers know 1-1. One, one. Like I got actually – I wrote down a list here because I don't know the game like you do. Like, okay, Area 1 is Boletaria. Area 2 is Stonefang. Uh, but you don't know 1 and 2. That's it's just shit that's – when you go online and look up guides, somebody will tell you, hey, man, you should start with 1-1 start with one, one, and then go to 3-1. You're like, what the fuck is 3? I had to go look up the names and the general associations for the level. And, yeah, there's a recommended order, but you can be balls to the wall and fucking go for it. You can go wherever you want. If your skill that's going to that's yeah, going to determine it's, it's going to be go. how good you are as a player. Mm -hmm. I actually formed my way up. And I can't even remember what the place was called. A place where you get the yeah, first two enemies are skeletons. Uh, that's the uh, that's area four one. That's yeah, where I'm that's going. a that's Shrine a place. I went in there they, the they first time and, and I refused. I refused. I I've I been born through fucking fire, doing oh no damage to these things, mm -hmm. and I was just like, nah, nah, I ain't leaving till I kill this skeleton. Mm -hmm. And did. I was like, oh no, there's another skeleton. I ain't leaving till I kill both y'all then. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ah, man. That's you get many, like many deaths later. Souls a piece when you kill those. Many so. many deaths later, I got to where I could reliably kill them and get to the next couple of skeletons. Yeah. And then the next couple of skeletons, and then the and it just kept going like that. And I got almost halfway through that level before I went back to the first level and went. Oh yeah. You know, oh, just yeah. massacring my way. Uh, so yeah, I'm playing through that now. I'm doing my playthrough right now, and I will say that I I am stuck. I'm saying stuck loosely. I'm not saying I don't know what to do. I'm saying I'm getting my shit kicked in by the Flame Lurker. That's uh, uh, World 2, the second boss, I believe. And it's kind of pissing me off a little bit, which it should, because it's a From Software game. It's supposed to do it, so jolly good. You're doing your job. But I've died. Th what type I of character did you make? Uh, I think I made a... Not a knight. Soldier? Not... A soldier. I made a, so I'm fat rolling everywhere. Yeah. So, but you know, I'm not. I'm. I'm trying this playthrough to not rely on rolling everywhere because I can roll the fuck out of everybody in D in Dark Souls One and Two. Yeah. I just 
and Bloodborne. I just roll. And well, just I mean, the roll has a lot of weight to it. And I remember there being more weight to it in Demon Souls than there was in Dark Souls. Yeah. Because it felt like you went clang and he just slowly stood up like, man, I'm really tired from rolling yeah. around in this. Yeah. But – I, I also have no problem admitting this is – I mean this is no different where if I had a guide back in the day or had access to magazines that had a guide, when I die like 30 times to a boss, I'm looking this shit up online. What the fuck am I not doing right? So at current – and this is probably not going to matter to anybody but somebody who's played Demon Souls, but I'm fighting this boss. He's got, oh, I don't know, 10,000 freaking hit points, and I am hitting him doing like 85 damage apiece. Now, that's the, his hit points. I don't know an exact number, but I'm only doing like 85 damage. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is chink damage. I, I, I'm, I'm just taking a, a little bitty chunk at a time. Just knocking this motherfucker, a little bit, man, a little bit. This motherfucker bit. can sap your stamina in a hit. And he pulls two more swipes that you can't block because your stamina's down. So uh -huh. now he swipes you dead in two swipes. Uh, I see, I see tactics on how to beat him. But my big hang-up was like, don't tell me how to beat the boss. Tell me how I can do more damage. Because all the bosses I fought up to this point, and I've done like, you know, 150, 200. I've got a plus five and a plus six weapon. And my, my dex is you up. You have been leveling yourself. Right? I have been leveling, okay. yes. Yeah. So why am I? The more research I'm doing, I'm finding out that, oh, well, of course, he's he's almost immune to fire. I'm like, well, I'm not using a fire weapon. What's your next problem? Well, he's very, very susceptible to magic. I'm like, well, I don't, I'm not a ma I'm not a mage. I'm a melee person. I have a sword. They're like, well, you should go find a mage weapon, and maybe that will help you more. I went and found this foul coin. Apparently, that's not foul showing, whatever, and that's not doing anymore. I'm doing the same amount of damage, and it's getting to the point where I'm going to have to go soul farm. And go find like some magic spells and like make some mage shit happen on my character. That's actually pissing me off because I can't think of a single boss in Dark Souls or Dark Souls 2 or Bloodborne that I couldn't handle with the character that I made. If you're telling me that this boss is is hard as fuck because I'm a melee character, but a mage person could just bitch slap him around, well, that pisses me off because I'm not, I didn't make a mage character. Well, that, if I unfortunately, have to do that, I'll do that. Unfortunately, but, and I will tell you this. Do you know the boss I'm talking about, by the way? The I, I have beaten that game multiple yeah. times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, and I did it the first two times as melee characters mm -hmm. with no magical ability. Mm -hmm. You know what I did if I ran into a situation like that? I grabbed my nuts and spit, mm -hmm. and I just whittled his ass down. Again, if I have to do that, I've got a problem doing that. Now, there is usually a trick to do more damage. Mm -hmm. uh, they may be more susceptible to certain types of attacks. Mm -hmm. They may be more susceptible. I mean, you might need to combo a little bit when you do get an opening. Mm -hmm. uh, there's different tactics. Uh, having a weapon with any extra damage on it whatsoever mm -hmm. would be helpful. Yeah. And you can always upgrade your weapons. Yeah. So, the, I mean, you may, not, you may need to just go to a different level, man. You may need well, to go to a different level and I try will. your luck with something else may, and just I'm, come back, you know, ten times stronger. And maybe now you're doing, pink a little bit more. You know, maybe now you're doing a thumb's worth of damage instead, in, instead of a pinky. Yeah. Fingernail. And maybe that little bit will be enough for you to warm him on down. Maybe you'll have more stamina, more it life. It could also be that when I, I maybe I'll find a magic weapon in another level. And maybe I'll be like, I'm going to bring that back. And, of course, in Demon Souls, you can call in friendly spirits to help you kill a boss. Yeah, I don't have it online because I don't have the on, I don't have PlayStation Plus anymore. Poor so. son of a bitch. Yeah, 
Oh man, yeah, I forgot you need to pay for PlayStation yep. Internet now. Yeah, yep. um, I'm going through a preferred order right now. The sad thing is, I've only beat two bosses, and it's I've the suggested order next is to start with two one. I beat two one. Now I'm on two two, and that's the part I'm stuck at. So maybe I'll go try another one, but that's just really aggravating me. Again, I have no. This is part. This is part of the pain that these games bring you. If it comes down to me, he can hit me and kill me in two hits, but I have to chink this fucker down for like a 45-minute fight, I'll do that. If that's what it comes down to, I'll do that. Uh But But this this game game is also really good about you knowing the tricks and being able to use the tricks against him. So if this fucker's weak to magic, I'll go scour around and find me a magic weapon. I'll I'll grind myself up and get some magic of here and there. I'm not going to get the gap that I need. But I'll try other things. I just don't want it to devolve down to, how did you beat him? Man, I just bought freaking 70 grass, and I went in there and block, block, hit, block, block, hit, block, block, heal, block, heal, block, hit, block, block, heal, block, and then 45 minutes later, I beat him. Sometimes you got to do that. I've had to do it in Dark Souls, but it just it just feels like that's what this boss in particular is forcing me to have to do. Well, maybe it could be that you're in just one of those situations where you need to go back and grind. I could, um, but I'm already soul level 31. So I'm already up there. I'm at the point now where it's going to take six and a half thousand souls apiece to start leveling me up again. That's a lot of grind. That's another thing I've noticed about uh, Demon Souls is that, man, they give you piddly souls. Oh yeah. Oh, they give oh, like yeah. you like you go you kill like your first few enemies and it's like two souls, two souls, four souls. Oh, here's a guy with a helmet and a spear. He's got to have more six souls. What the fuck? Yep. And then you're like. Uh, uh, the, Bol- that's, that's one of the things I did example. notice about it when I went over to Dark Souls was I was like, they made some of this shit easier. Mm-hmm. They made some of this a little bit easier because before yeah. you were like, it was not only you needed to be good, but you had to go back and grind. Mm-hmm. So it's like you need to be good and you need to stay yeah. good for long periods of time. Yeah. And Don't get me wrong, in Dark Souls, I had to grind, but man, it I'm, happens. Having to, I'm having to grind yeah. in Demon Souls. I mean, whew. Well, I mean, you can always go to a different level and see if you can find, just like the skeletons drop more stuff, mm-hmm. you can find a path to run yep. and just keep making that loop. I'll get to it. I'm working. But again, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop. I'm <laughs> loving it. Uh, my review, Sorry. my initial review, I'm liking it. This my my overall review right now with the only one having no knowledge of play is Dark Souls 3. Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2 and Bloodborne all of them. Folks, I cannot stress this enough and again, Adam and I will have an entire podcast subject on this one day. If you have not played any one of these games, don't be a bitch. Don't let the the difficulty scare that's out there about these games deter you. I'm telling you from an onset without having the entire topic discussion, this is one of the most rewarding game franchises I have ever played in my life, and it will be the same for you. It's going to kick your fucking face in. You're going to have a bad time. Oh, yeah. But you're going to love it. because That's a, it's one it, of the best things about this game is it brings back that that really pissed off, yes. man, I could have done better feeling. It takes from, from like you. the original Castlevanias and Ninja Gaidens yes. where you're just like, wow, you know, I'm – I, I could have done this better. I could have timed that better. Yep. You know? you know this game to a fault of nobody but yourself. When you fuck up in this game, it's because of you. 
you can you cannot you can you maybe have a few times you can go back and man that skeleton like spun around too quick and got to me. That's because their tracking is on point. Yeah. That's, That's because good. they don't just go A B C D. They go A B C and on C they're tracking you again, and you need to know that. You need to you need to love the enemies. We're We'll pause it. We'll pause it. We're going to come back to it one day. We're going to have a whole entire Souls uh, from Software discussion. Just know, again, I, I, I plead to you folks, if you have not played these games, pick one. And Adam will probably tell you, hey, start with Demon Souls. Start from the bottom. I can agree with that. Now that I'm playing it, sure, you're going to get the same feeling. You're going to get the same shit. I would suggest start with Dark Souls. I think Adam would agree. Either one of those two places is a good yeah, which, place to go. You, whichever one you want to go to. I haven't played Dark Souls 2. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think probably it's probably an easier shift from Dark Souls to Dark Souls Two mm-hmm. than it is from Demon Souls to go into Dark Souls yeah. Two. But the whole series is great. So worth it. So worth it. Don't don't read guides. I mean, do I would maybe do like me. If you get really 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 stuck, yeah, go look something up. But man, I'm telling you right now, there is nothing in this world that's going to compare to your first playthrough of one of these games. And I mean the first playthrough of the first game. If you start out with Demon's Souls, that first game from start to finish with you not knowing shit and just figuring things out and being taught things and learning and getting better, you will not have another game experience like that. But that was my week. That was most of my week. Like I said, I beat Dark Souls 2, finished that out all the way through, immediately picked up Demon's Souls, having a good time with it. Did you go see any movies this weekend? Um, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last one or not, but I'll say it again in case I didn't. Uh, I did go see the wife and I went and saw a Lego Batman movie, and we saw John Wick two. Had a good time with both of them. Uh, I'll save for the Lego Batman movie. If you liked the Deadpool, how it was funny from start to finish, like credits to credits, you're gonna have the same good time in Lego Batman movie. Really funny movie. Really funny. John Wick 2, just as good as the first one. Did you like the first one? You're going to like the second one, too. Had a, had a good Did they time. kill his dog again? Um, we were actually wondering where that plot was going to take. Cause that was the big funny meme joke. Is, oh, he probably did he got a new dog. They're going to kill his new dog. Somebody the house, killed the new dog, and I will not spoil anything. I'll just say that they killed his fucking dog. I'm not going to say anything. You're going to try to get me to say that. <laughs> so that's enough general banter. Uh, it's time to get into this week's topic. Uh, again, for those that remember last episode, we had talked about uh, we're, we're still – A little more topicality. Yeah. This there There isn't a real set in stone how we're going to do every episode yet. We've talked about doing like uh, quarters of every single year for video games just – talking about different games throughout the years, like 30 years worth of games. Uh, we talked about just picking a topic every week and talking about it. Uh, we don't know. We don't, There's nothing set in stone on that yet. We could do a mix. We may talk about a topic one week, and the next week we'll, talk, we'll start talking about uh, games in a particular quarter of a particular year. We don't know yet. Uh, we did pick a topic for this week, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah, and I I, I definitely want to start this off. Okay, because I just want to get I want to be the one to give I want to pitch the topic to the audience. Okay, and let them realize how bullshit this Damn. fucking topic is. Oh man! So I said, hey Adam, why don't you go ahead and pick a topic, bro? You let it, you let me know what you want us to talk about. He gets all fired up and happy and giddy. He shoots me a Facebook message. All right, this is what we're gonna talk about. Bam. 
I'm going to pitch this for you, buddy. We're going to talk about the top five RPGs of all time. I'm like, all right, we're doing a list. Yeah, man, we're doing a list. All right, all right, we're doing a list. Okay, cool. Top five RPGs. He's like, but. I'm like, all right, hold on. We got a roadblock already. Yep, that says. But. But. You have to pick of these five categories. You got to pick the best RPG for music. The best RPG with the best system. The best RPG that has the most – it's the most revolutionary RPG. It has the best story and an RPG that's your favorite, the game of all time. I said, all right, okay, I can do that. And as I'm thinking in my head, there's a couple of RPGs that I have that fit these – and he goes, but. And I got – God fucking damn it. Now there's another but. But you cannot Pick the same game, neither game or franchise. I said, okay, so let me get this straight. That's correct. So you want, you're telling me within, and just, you know, a little behind the curtains for you guys, you're telling me you're giving, you're giving me about four, about three to seven days to pick the, my personal. If you're a real gamer, you'd have picked it almost immediately. Subjective. Not objective, oh, but it's subjective. Totally objective. My personal opinions of my top five RPGs, which RPG offers the best music, the best system, is the most revolutionary, has the best story, and is my game of all time RPG. But also, I can't pick the same game or even the game in the franchise. So I have to pick one Final Fantasy. I have to pick one Chrono Trigger. Well, there's only one Chrono Trigger. Yeah. I have to pick one Mass Effect. I have to pick one Breath of Fire, one Dragon Warrior. This is a bullshit list, and you're bullshit for making this list. This has got to be concise, man. <sighs> gotta, it's got to have some topicality to it. So everybody's got a top five list. Sure. So I, I'm gonna preface this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you pick. I'm gonna let you throw the first blows out. Okay. I just want to preface the audience that I took the time. I took a little bit of time. Got some games on this list, and I'm semi-dedicated to these names and these titles, but I think this is bullshit. I I have a personal top 15 game of all time list. I mentioned this last time on the podcast. I'm hoping that a couple of these appear that on list, your list. Well, your fucking bullshit system made that not possible. <laughs> so that list took me the better part of two fucking years to develop a lot of fighting a lot of putting games up and make i i I actually meant to say this too i had a book i had a notebook with all this detail and all this list and shit and i can't find the notebook no more i mean i did homework on this shit i made that's because it caught fire the moment i made this list should have so the fact that i had almost no prep time to make this list i'm giving a solid effort but I'm just telling you from my personal opinion that lists, especially ones that are subjective, that are from the heart, they take time. They take a lot of time to develop the top. You tell me the top 50, just the fact that you have me 50 items is going to take a long time, but you're telling me to pick the creme de la creme and only one game and only one game of a franchise for top five and then pick an aspect of all of these. This is fucking crazy. You are out of your mind. All right. All right. Well, then let's fucking do this shit. Yeah. Let's do this shit. All right. So, so we're gonna stop with the first topic. What's the first, the first topic? topic is gonna we're gonna start out with music. What is your pick of the top RPG that had the best music and why? 
If now I'll stress this as well. <coughs> Sorry. Excuse me. If it turns out that got a little herpes right in the middle of you, <laughs> If it turns out that for whatever reason your logic isn't matching up, uh, I'm not going to call you on it. Oh yeah. You better yeah. be able to call yourself on it. I'm just going by your going by this music. Is, this is all your opinion. Music. This is all you. I'm talking for every every time. For the best music in an RPG series. What I'm saying is I'm not pulling up number numbers on Google and getting like, okay. well, technically this game sold more, so by the fucking sales numbers. But no, I'm going. I'm taking this at your face value and your opinion. Okay. Well, all right. You so ready? First you ready? topic is music. First topic Let's is music. Go. My first RPG is Suicoden. Okay. So and the we, reason for that, reason for that is all of the music across the entire series is thematic. Okay. okay. Wait. Let's let's pause this real quick. Okay. I said which one? Because you said to pick a game. You didn't yep. say pick a series. You said I said pick I picked a game. game. Sweet Coden. So you're saying Sweet Coden One Sweet Coden is one. your? It has the best music of any RPG ever. Uh, I'll go with two, just because two is the more refined version of one. Hey, you, you had this list set in stone. I'm it not going to trudge. I just want to know specifically what your pick is. It is. Sweet Coden 2. Sweet Coden 2. Okay. For the record, everybody. Sweet Coden 2 is my best music in an RPG. Okay. And the reason for that is it thematically all ties together with other games in the series. And with future installments in the series, they kept that same theme going. When you get to the name, uh, the title... You know, where you choose your name on a city coding game, it's always the same. It's a different variant of that same song. Kind of like Castlevania has that same consistency throughout its, you know, its different games. Mm -hmm. And they just revamp the music and set it to different tones. It also has a unique property of being able to emotionally convey a scene. Okay. You have, um, you have different sets of battle music that are only used once or twice throughout the entire game. You only have yeah, you have certain songs that are only used once or twice throughout an entire game. Uh, you have a specific boss character that has his own theme song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um you you could play the music from the Attack on Luca Blight right now and it's different from any other battle music in the entire series. Right. The crux of my argument is that we have a thematic and emotional conveyance through the music of this this game. Mm -hmm. Through the series, really, but through this game specifically. Um, you have the songs of remembrance. You have the Starry Night songs. You have all these songs that portray a particular emotion whether it's loneliness or fear or the you know the hopeful optimism of an upcoming battle all these things are conveyed through the music of the series um and i think it does it better than a lot of rpgs have ever done it even with even songs that uh, take chrono trigger for instance it could easily be a contender the thing it doesn't have is that longevity or that specific emotion tied to it. It does have emotion tied to it, but it doesn't have it carrying on and being so persistent throughout the story. Okay. Do you agree? Uh, yeah. huh? Huh? Well, let's hear your thoughts on it, buddy. I'll, 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 wait, for, I'll wait for you to... Is that, is, that, is that your statement? That's my statement. All right. That's that's very good. And I'm, I'm, I'll also say that I've... 
I can't, I can't think of a game on this list of mine that I've made where I'm like, ah, it's a shit game. All oh, these games are going to be good from the get-go. I really tried to get to the heart of what these things, what these aspects were, the music, the systems, the revolutionary story, and game of all time, or RPG of all time. Uh-huh. Uh, for music, I picked Chrono Trigger. It's very uh, funny that you said it could be a contender because that's actually what I picked. Uh, the main reason why I picked Chrono Trigger is in my in in my ears in my mind when I think of Chrono Trigger when I think of every level the sound uh, the music design for this game was designed very well. Wow, it's one of the greatest composers of all time. Every no music in any level no music in any stage no music in any event no music in any scenario in Chrono Trigger seems out of place there's not one where I was just kind of like ho-hum there's not one that I was like well this is a little odd like even even the one where you're inside fighting Lavos's core is way different than Frog's theme uh, that Lavos's core battle music is way different than the end of time theme. Ha, <laughs> nice little plug inside our own yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. maybe a little inside for you guys. They don't know where we got the name from. <laughs> um, no track in that music was out of place. It was designed to match and meet <laughs> and make sense. It all flowed through. When I'm in uh, 10,000 BC, I believe is the, is the correct level name. Yep. That, 65,000 BC. Yeah. 65 million BC. There we go. Yes. The, the whole the whole tribal drums, just the very subtle just no full score, just letting you know, hey, you're 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 in a jungle type setting and you're 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 going through this area and killing enemies. It fit the music. When you meet Frog that that it it matched that feeling of being in the sort of medieval times and you're you, it fits a night theme, you know what I mean? Correct. Uh, when I'm in the end of time, it's very relaxed. It's very, it's kind of a little bit airy, a little bit starry, a little echoey because you're in this weird, out of nowhere place. Mm-hmm. Uh, everywhere that I went in Chrono Trigger, the music was designed to fit, and it fits, and it works. The difference between ours two, if I if I can make a small argument, is that unfortunately, and this is a very 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 bad unfortunate on Square's part, I don't have four other games to tailor this off of. Yeah, I have no idea if other music tracks play in Chrono Cross that didn't Chrono Trigger. Maybe they do. Chrono Cross is one redeeming quality, <laughs> and this is be the only time I ever speak of it that it had decent. Yeah. And I'm sure it has good music. I've actually, time is a damn good song. Yeah, it is. It actually got me pumped to play that fucking game. I and don't. And then it n- just dropped me right on my fucking face. That's another topic, <laughs> another day. Um, I don't. I would love. I would love to be in an age where I could talk about Chrono Trigger two and three and four and five and talk about if and how this music played throughout the series. I can't. Yeah. I have one game to go off of. And for me, that one game does it. Now, Sweet Coden 2, uh, again, great music, yeah. great soundtrack. And this also goes back to me, uh, the what I was talking about in the first episode, where imagine 
it take take yourself back in time where even when you hear great music in Chrono Trigger or Super Metroid or Final Fantasy VI or all these older games that even in a 16-bit area era had great music and then jump to the PlayStation yep. and, and you, you hear that sweet Coden one music for the first time, sweeping orchestras, just ramping up and going down in low melodies when it was supposed to be sad. You can hear the chorus come in. Yes. That the, for one, the music quality went through the roof, Yep. but you also had, it, if the 16 bit era could have soundtracks via symphony, they would have, and they tried their damn best. They did what they could with the hardware. PlayStation came in and said, Hey, pretty much we can give you CD quality audio and get this happening. So you can hear this quality music. Well, Sweet Coden 2 has that core music. It has the great sweeping symphony and, and everything also matches. But for me, there are just a couple town area sounds that they were good, but they just didn't convey the same feeling for me. They didn't, really? They, because they didn't. I thought even even places like um, like the Saja Village mm-hmm. and places like uh, – I can't remember the Forest Cove where you found the Griffins. Mm-hmm. Um, though even those places, they can conveyed a sense of – rusticness and loneliness that kind of you know pervade yeah you know what what you ended up with was a you ended up with robust rapid fast-paced tones for places like Gregminster. Mm-hmm. they even brought back the uh, revised version of the original tone which there are three versions of the Gregminster yeah. town yeah. yeah there's one when you originally had the town yep. there's one, one later when you revisit the town and it has the air the winds sweeping all over it and then there's one from sweet coden too that's correct so you actually have a third version of the same version of this of this song that comes through and you finally get you know back to Gregminster and you get to run around in it in City Code 2 which is probably the most like fucking jump up and down holding the controller like oh my god moment I've ever had in a video game um but you go through there and you can hear you know the the difference between a town like Gregminster and the town like a a sleepy little place off in the forest where you know life is simple and there's not a whole lot happening you know, and it kind of conveyed that sense. Let me let me qualify my argument better because I, okay. I don't I, I want to th- th- we're talking tops. Okay? OK. And these two are definitely I mean, they're you're talking final final round UFC champions right here. I mean, they they are contending with each other. To their benefit, uh-huh. I will say it more like this. I'm going to retract my statement of it feels not not all the areas exactly felt right. It's more like if I was to this is a, this is where the personal comes in. This is where the subjective nature comes in. Okay. I have both soundtracks. I have soundtracks for a lot of RPGs. That's that's an understatement. But oh, I have yeah. both the soundtracks for Sweet Coden 2 and for Chrono Trigger. And me personally, if I'm listening to the Sweet Coden 2 tra- soundtrack, I can listen to it. But, but there's a couple tracks I may skip. Chrono Trigger. I don't skip tracks. I'll listen to that bitch from start to finish. That's, yep. So that's about as that, much argument as I can give. Yeah. To this. And the only and the only counter I'd have to that at all would be that you know maybe not every place deserves to have a you know uh, a. Dev- 
devastating, you know, soundtrack to it. Sometimes, da-da-da-da, will, you know, be enough mm-hmm. to convey the mood. And not not all mood music is stuff you just want to listen to randomly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's just, okay, well, you know, I just kind of feel relaxed when I'm walking and listening to this. All right, on to the next one. That's uh, that was light. That was right. I was expecting bloodshed the way you were building this list up over the past. Oh few man! Days. All right, so the next one is system. So let's qualify the word as system because that that may or may not have to change my my uh word. I, I'll put it this way: a friend of mine at work, uh, or an associate of mine at work, was asking me like, "What what what do you mean by system?" I said, "Well, think of this." And uh, again, if this is one of yours, um, don't hint at it. Just, I'm just going to roll with it. I'm explaining this more for the audience. System is more like if anybody has played Chrono Trigger, there was a system in it called uh, Dual Tech, and I think Triple Tech also, yep. where you could – certain characters could come together if they – if Character A selected this type of magic. Character B selected this type of magic. Just so happened that those two meet up and they do a combined attack. You can also do that with three people. If A had one magic, B had another magic, and C had another magic, they and if those just happen to be the ones, they will pair up together and they will do a triple attack. Uh, side note: Sweet Coden did this too, very well, yep. and it had more characters to do it with. So and they were more comical yeah they they had uh, serious ones comical ones ones that and they had six characters in the party so you could get all kinds of different attacks going on with various number of people oh yeah uh another example now we i extended system to meet any type of system in a game it could have been the materia system of final fantasy 7 that's a system uh it could have been the Maybe the way a story was told, like if anybody played a Lost Odyssey, they told a majority of that story was taking place over like a dialogue system, a text system throughout the game. So you could read this immortal person who's lived a thousand years. You could read his love stories and all these things. So that was a system of storytelling. So you want me to quantify what that means? Yeah, I just I just want to make sure that when we're saying system, I want people to know what we mean by we're system. Not, we're, we're not, not saying, saying well, what was it? The, well, the, the best criteria system for, was the Super The Nintendo. criteria for the system is both the actual combat and the system system it ties directly into that. Okay. So, say, if we were talking about the battle system of Final Fantasy VIII, well, it's the same battle system they've always had. Right. Okay. It's attack, item, you know. But it, their magic system but in Final, Final Fantasy VIII is different. If it's different from every other one because right. they use the so junction system. Yeah, okay, bingo. That okay. makes sense? Okay. okay. So, so there we go. So you that's, lead off this time. That's yeah, I was going to say, since you got the first one, I'll get this one. So here we go. So my game of all, my RPG of all time with my f- most favorite system is Dark Souls. The actual combat system of Dark Souls. Oh, I wish. Oh, I wish this had a oh, camera. My heart. I wish this had it's, a camera. It's falling over. I wish this had so a what, camera. So what's uh, – tell me why this the is the whole best system. entire battle system of Dark Souls, and here's why. Okay. We've actually, I've actually already – you and I both spoiled this you know, an hour or so ago talking about the Souls period. But again, I cannot state this enough. You're talking to a guy that's been playing games for somewhere around the neighborhood of 30 years. I've played all types. 
there has been no more rewarding system for any game that I've played than Dark Souls, the, the fight, fight the battle system, the fight system, whatever the fuck system, fucking Dark Souls is the game itself. This is a game that has very archaic, very rudimentary, rudimentary ways of dealing damage, ways of taking damage, ways of, of, of equipping gear, ways of finding resistances, learning battle patterns of enemies, learning battle patterns of bosses, learning where you can and can't go. When you get your shit kicked in by this game, it pisses you off. It aggravates you. It separates a lot of wheat from the chaff of gamers. It separates it, – it tells you – it will tell you what type of gamer you are. If you're not the type that can take a real actual challenge, one where you have to look at yourself and say, I am the one fucking up, if you just want to be spoon-fed uh -huh. difficulty, Dark Souls is not for you. But if you're the type of person that can step back and evaluate and really think about what the fuck you're doing and get back to the roots of the mechanics of the systems they taught you in the first two minutes of the game, it will reward you. I, I made an example of this before. We were talking about uh, – this is not an RPG. We were talking about uh, a good comparison is uh, Devil May Cry. Okay. Devil May Cry 3 in particular because that's my that's my pick of that litter in devil may cry 3 the more that you learn the more uh red orbs i believe it was the the higher you the higher your red orb count the more abilities you can buy the more abilities you can buy the more things you can do it unlocks more combos it unlocks more weapons and then the weapons have combos they unlock so Yes, as you progress through the game, you can get better at doing basic things, but every time you buy a new combo, every time you buy a new weapon that has new combos, and you buy new combos of that, that's more and more dedication. That's more learning. It's the equivalent of playing a fighting game and then have, and then just pick – you mastered all the combat you possibly can with Fei Long. Now you decide you want to start playing Sagat. Yeah. Whole new character. Whole you, new things. you get that you get that level of mastery and then you start over and start you a whole start new thing. That does not come into play with Dark Souls. In Dark Souls, that they teach you they to a degree well, hold on. They teach you <laughs> I'm I'm gonna give examples. Why? Okay. So let me let me make a statement. They teach you all of the things that you need to know, the basics of what will get you through that game for almost every single enemy and boss in the beginning of that game. They teach you how to block. You're like, oh, fuck you. I know how to block. Okay, well, listen. They teach you how to block. They teach you how to light attack and heavy attack. Oh, I know how to just shut the fuck up and listen to the tutorial. They teach you how to roll. They teach you how to parry and repost. They teach you how to, 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 uh, to kick. They teach you how to do all these things, and if you're the type of gamer that goes through the beginning of this game, and you kind of glance over it, you kind of look is, at that's it. That's definitely not one of the games you want to step on. No, you no, you skip don't. the tutorial on, you know? What, this is what I, I, I just have money on. A lot of people will, will do this, because I bet you I probably did it too. Tap, 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 tap. You'll get, they drop you in the first area of Dark Souls, the first little cell you're in, and in that cell... And right outside is like one or two little hints, and they say baby basic shit. Hey, press this button to attack, and you're like, you're you're doing that finger roll in the motion. Okay, game, let's get get on with it. What else? Okay, what's this thing? And it oh, if you hold this button, you'll block. Yeah, game, I know how to block. And let me fucking go out there and just and slap shit around. And then the game fucks your shit up. 
Yep. And then you go through this game and, and trial and error or talking to a friend or got reading shit online or watching a video. You learn, hey, you can kick to take the, sh- the guy with the shield. You can kick him, and it'll throw his balance off, and he's wide open for an attack. When this other guy uh, goes to make this big freaking club on your forehead, you just roll out of the way. And you're like, oh, I'm learning tricks of the game. I'm coming up in the world. I'm figuring shit out. Bitch, yep. they taught you they that. They taught you that they taught day you that two one. Minutes. But you wanted to be that. I don't want to read a pl- I don't want to read a manual. I don't want don't teach me how to play. I'm gonna learn on my own. Okay. And you, you learn. learn. You oh, they learn. will make you learn. They the will teach way. you how to learn. But here's the thing. Hold on. Hold on. Uh uh. So I picked Dark Souls. Okay. Because they give you all those little mechanics and all those systems at the beginning of the game. They yeah. teach you a battle system. And if you implement it, if you respect it, if you follow it and do what you should do, your time will be easier, but your time will be so fucking rewarding. You will have such a good time with that game. But as we spoke earlier, there are limitations to that. You can have a picking your weapon type is a very important aspect of those games. This is true. If you go with a spear or with a stabbing weapon, you're going to fight different enemies differently than if you pick something where it slashes or where he does an overhand chop. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one situation specifically where I came down a narrow hallway and a guy with a shield and a spear came right around from me. And I had a, you know, slashing weapon. My character kept hitting his sword on the side of the wall. Yep. You know, and I'm like, oh, well, shit. You know, (laughs) what do I do now? And the only option is to back up or, you know, uh, charge forward and try to take some damage. Uh, So it does have issues right? going back on what you said earlier about it does have it does have some there there curves. are some there are some bumps in that learning curve mm-hmm. the other thing is uh like you were talking about before with the magic there are things that um are m- much easier to destroy with magic right in that game uh yeah because you can if you have even the most basic knowledge of how to fight in melee in that game, you've mastered magic. Oh, yeah. You have mastered magic. All you got to do in magic is stay the dodge. fuck away. Dodge, dodge, stay the hell away, hit him with the fucking nuke. B button. Nuke. For anybody that's familiar with the term nuke, when you get magic up in this game, you nuke the fuck out of people. Yep. And that's that's basically the, the gist of it. You, you go around nuking things. Mm-hmm. So my, my turn pick now? was Dark Souls. Yeah, you got to pick now? a system now. What is your my, top you RPG? My top RPG What RPG for system? had the best system of all time? Final Fantasy Tactics. Okay, what system are we talking about? Talking about the job system. Okay. We did grid-based combat. Okay. One of the beautiful things about this system... Yeah, forgive me. I had all this written down because it's like 20 things, but I didn't bring my list with me, so no, I'm just winging it I off the hip. Quote, hold on, I want to winging quote, it off the hip. I want to quote you from from who knows how long. Oh, I had this. I list. don't need no list. I had this. I list. don't need you no list. You told me you had this I'm list do it already right made now. before you even I'm doing gave it live. Me the list. I'm doing it live. <laughs> do it. Do it off the hip. All right. So look at it, and you've got one a massive. Massive custom abil- customization. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can have 
a primary job, a secondary job, and you have five skill slots. You have a a <clears throat> movement skill, a defensive or a reaction skill, and a utility skill. So you, that's five different skills you can you can have set up from any of the jobs that you've mastered. You go through you you attack enemies. As you attack enemies, you gain experience and you gain job points. Okay. You gain job points in the job that you currently have. Mm-hmm. So you go through as a squire, and you get job points. Well, you come back later, and you look at your job points, and you've accumulated 2,000 or so of those, and you use those to buy different skills within the squire class. Once you've bought those, you can then equip them regardless of what class you are. So you can change over to being a black mage. And now you have black magic as a primary thing. And you have your squire skills set to your secondary thing. You can still do all the squire skills. And you can choose the squire's reaction ability and the squire's, etc. Well, you've gone through 30 classes now and you're at the end of the game. You have 20 different of each type of ability you could want. You could have a fighter who, you know, hits like a monk or has the unarmored fighting skill of a monk. You could have a knight who is a ninja. So you have all these different things. So the customization is huge, okay? But that's only one aspect of why this game is awesome. Another aspect of why this game is awesome is that every map is big and has a lot of depth, I'm going to say. Because it tells you not only what the material you're standing on, whether it's a box, a tombstone, grass, hill, rock, whatever. Each one of those things, because they have a class in the game... It's called the Geomancer. He gets his ability from whatever he's standing on. Mm-hmm. You also have height, direction, uh, angles. Those kind of things all play into how your character moves. If I have a ninja, he can jump up to this top of this tile. You can't. So he effectively just escaped from you. You have to go all the way around to get up on this. Mm-hmm. Each one of the maps, one map may have a giant wall of lava in the middle of it, so you can't get around that, but a guy who can walk on lava can, or a guy who flies when he walks can, he can take his full movement value. Mm -hmm. You end up with a lot of interesting combinations, fighting in interesting environments, with an interesting weapon set, with the ability to gain generic characters, with the ability to gain uh, unique characters that have unique skills and unique classes only to them. Uh, You have unique situations because in addition to all those other things on the map, they also have traps, they have switches, they have all of these little things that factor into combat, okay? You're also put under the gun because if you have a character that dies, you have... Three turns. Pick them up. Oh, they're gone forever. Or they're gone forever. You also also can tailor the difficulty. Game's too fucking easy? Well, for one, the game is usually not that easy if you're playing through the first time and you don't know exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Once you get that, once you mastered the system, the fights become a lot easier. Oh, yeah. But the first time you play through it, it's going to be... A lot more difficult. But if it gets 
you know, to the point where it's too easy for you. You don't have to bring all your characters to that battle. You could just throw one of them out there and see how he does against the entire group himself. It's mass combat, but you get to play each one of your characters. Right. So you're fighting five on, you know, on ten, you know, and you're getting to actually see what happens in those characters. You get to see what happens when you have a hand-to-hand fighter go up against a person with a bow. You know, the guy with the bow is like, well, I'm going to try to maintain the height advantage and move away from you as much as I can while the monk's just trying to close the distance and keep himself from dying. You know, so I think that that's the best system for those reasons. There's I, I probably had some more buried somewhere, but the I think I've gotten to the crux of it is that you want there's so much depth that you can't can't have it all in one playthrough right okay and there's so much variance in how the yeah i haven't even gotten into how the special items and stuff like that plays into it um but you know there's a whole there's a whole system available for a lot of things which kind of makes me Kind of makes me question why this is such a good thing. The the level of variety is kind of what you're focusing on. I mean, the main thing I would say is there's a whole gamut of different things you have to think about and things you may not have. I mean, look, if you there is a certain person that uh, a certain thief skill where if you walk over a trap, then you get uh, you can pick up an item that you have a random chance to pick up an item. So, the depth of the system is really, you know, one of the one of the key points I would make about that. It, it, it's got a whole lot of, I would say, just combinations you can make combined with the environments you can fight in, combined with the, you know, skills and abilities that you can customize your character with. They just add up to be one of the best systems ever made. Okay. All right. I can I can agree with all of this. Here's where you're fucking wrong. Oh shit. Here's where here's where you're wrong. Oh man. If I want to play your system, uh, so you're saying not all start from the top. You have effectively cut Final Fantasy out the woodwork now. Yep. So this is your Final Fantasy pick. Yep, this is my Final Fantasy pick. Still that, a piece solid is, one. that piece is off the table. Still a solid one. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I think of a couple Final Fantasies right now that are just fucking weeping with bat, with giant sure. silver knives in their back. But mm-hmm. um, I actually don't have a lot to say against Final Fantasy Tactics. And again, I, it's it's so hard for us to say shit about any of these top picks because we're picking we're picking good games. Yep. But there's one drawback to Final Fantasy Tactics systems, in my opinion. And it's strictly a per person. It is a per if they even choose to do it. You can break the ever-loving fuck out of that game. You can. You can make characters that are godlike, yep. and they just trounce everything. It takes the difficulty away. It takes the elevation factor away. It takes the weather away. It takes the terrain away. They just curb stomp everything in that game. Dark Souls... Doesn't do that. You can 
soul level the absolute fuck out of your character in Dark Souls. I've actually done that with one character of the mm-hmm. nine, ten times I've played. I took one character and farmed souls and farmed souls. I, w- I think I was in like New Game 2 or 3. Yeah. I found, everybody knows where you can do it at, but I just found a place where I could just farm souls just farm and for farm days and, farm and, and farm. days on end. And I don't know I don't know the level. I'd have to go pull the game up right now and look to give a factual number. But I was way the fuck up there in soul level. Now, this wasn't my weapon level. This was just my soul level. So, you know, my 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 dexterity, I think I think the soft cap for those are like maybe forty or fifty. I think I had like seventy five. My strength was seventy five. My vitality was seventy five. I picked some arbitrary way higher number because it you I know you know that there's like a soft cap and a hard cap, and once you yeah. hit the hard cap, you have really small diminishing returns. I said, fuck that. I'm just going to blow it out the water anyway because I'm going to see what it's like. Yeah. I took that same character, went into the new game, still got my shit kicked in. The enemies, the basic bear bitch enemies were still like, no, you have to take me seriously. You have to defend. You have to do things. Now – I also put more levels in, and then I started getting weapons. So with a combined powered-up weapons and combined powered-up soul level, I was rather trouncing people or trouncing mobs and enemies and bosses, Yeah. but I couldn't back off. I couldn't just walk up to the fucking Taurus Demon, you know, New Game Plus 3, and just stand there with no shield and a rapier and be like, come on, bitch, and take four hits in a row and then stab them. Like, I had to do something. Yeah. I couldn't just steamroll over the mobs. So it's just another part of the, the leveling system of enemies, the way that they level with you, so to speak, that it makes you respect it. It makes you continuously do what you need to do. Tactics, kind of in a, I'm kind of in a darkish area because I've only played tactics through one time and halfway through a second time. But I remember seeing lots of things for characters where people have made these ridiculous fucking characters. Yeah, there are lots and of ridiculous just, builds. But they just walked over the They field. require a lot of time and a lot of system knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, there are gods to do it now. But back in the day, when I was really into Final Fantasy Tactics, the internet was just a brand new thing. This was like in the late 90s, early 2000s. Right. And um, so the internet was bare bones. I think I just created a game facts account. Okay, and uh, we're looking at stuff that is the result of a lot of research. Mm-hmm. You know, these games have been dissected at this point. Yeah. Um, but if you go into Final Fantasy Raw like I did the first time, and you beat the game at level forty something. You're going to have a hard time. Yeah. You're going to have fights where you're like, man, you know, the first time I played Final Fantasy Tactics all the way through, I had to stop and restart. Wow. You thought I, you'd like put yourself I got in the to the hardest fight in the game. Mm-hmm. And that's the fight where you solo Wigriff. Oh, wow. And uh, do you remember this fight? Uh-huh. You fight him solo. And if you don't have the correct setup... If you don't have the optimal setup in that situation, then he will shit stomp you mm. before you get to the next part of the fight. See those? I hate. I hate that. I hate where it. No, where it's. This is this is kind of my argument right now against Demon Souls compared to Dark Souls is that I took both a melee character and at least one mage character through the entirety of the game, and no matter what weapon I picked through as a melee character, I could win. 
no matter what magic spell I picked, I could stick to one magic spell and keep my, my MP regained and everything, and I can beat everything with magic. Demon Souls is, is almost at a point right now where it's like, oh, you don't have a mage character? <sighs> Sucks to be you. Well, I, to an extent, I, I like game balance. Okay, mm-hmm. well, this is a completely different topic. Mm-hmm. But on this topic, on the topic of game balance, I am not the one. <laughs> I, I have this argument with my friends a lot. I don't want the guy with the rifle to be on equal terms as the guy with the sword. I agree. I don't want the guy with magic to be on the same terms as I the guy agree. with the sword. Yeah. I think it should require more skill to beat the game as the guy who fights toe-to-toe and takes blows and trades them, you know, as opposed to the guy who goes, wooga wooga boom, it exploded. Yeah. That guy should have an easier time because he's an easier class to play with. Mm-hmm. What I don't think is um, fair is for them to focus on magic say okay well and, and demon souls didn't i'm not accusing it of that yeah, yeah. demon souls and dark souls and all that they they said okay well here's your couple of types of magic you can use these couple of types of magic and they gave you a an almost equal amount of attack moves to be a thing um and you can still utilize some of those attack all of those attack moves as a mage um but if you don't play as a fighter, you won't utilize them correctly as a mage, if that makes sense. Makes sense yeah. So if your first character is a mage and you start off on Demon Souls or Dark Souls and you're like, hey, look, wiggle, wiggle, boom, and it takes half its fucking life or a quarter of its life and you hit it a couple of more times and it dies before it ever gets up to you or maybe you have to dodge once, um, then you're not having the same experience and you're not having the same... Uh, level of difficulty as the guy who's like, well, I'm gonna have to parry and riposte this guy and and do all these other things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I'm not the guy for balance. I I think that some fights should be much harder for a melee character, mm-hmm. and some fights should be much harder for a mage. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it, there was a there's a particular boss in Demon Souls that is a goddamn motherfucker for a fighter. There are a couple of them, and well, they they are just like <laughs> they are just like nah, nah. You want to stay away from me, but you know you got to go up in there, and then you got to get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Well, sticking sticking on track, okay. I, I would say that uh, again can't knock the game, can't knock the game, but I would say that would probably be my one argument to why my pick is better, no, because I just feel like you can. You could just waylay and tactics, but epic that game. The 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 further you go in the game, the more you devote time to it. From the system itself, not your skill, but from the system it has in place, you can pencil whip that system and just god mode that game. You can, but when you master Final Fantasy Tactics system, for one, it's a lot more of a challenge. Mentally, I would say, yeah, the Soul series is a very good RPG. I would say it's a very, very good uh, 
RPG. I'm only I'm only throwing this out. He's shaking his head. He's shaking his head right now. I'm only saying this it's, because we just had a conversation not, <laughs> where it was like, yeah, it's an RPG. It, it, um, for one, it has RPG elements, but I would consider it more of an action game. But I'm, I'm going to allow it. The, the, he allows it. Everyone. I allow it. I ordain that you may do this. Okay. Okay. You may put this on this list. I won't just walk the fuck out of your podcast for this reason. You're like, fuck it, I'm leaving. Okay. Um, but I will say this. It is a less cerebral kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Whereas tactics is more of a mentally coming up with the correct combinations and positioning yourself in the right way. Um and there is a bit of positioning and a bit of a bit of thought that goes into Dark Souls or the Soul series in the, in general. Yeah. But it's also very Twitch based. Yeah. There's I believe I, it's, I feel it's that literally you got to have that thumb dexterity. Yeah. There's to be able more to pen and paper structure knowledge challenge as opposed to Dark Souls. Yeah. Dark Souls is just get good. Dark Souls is get like, better. you know what? You better know how to platform. Learn how to read. Yeah. Read their movements. Read their positioning. Read what Predict they do. what's Attack coming next. Them. Attack. Test them. Attack them with this weapon. What did that do? Attack them with this weapon this way. What did that do? Put your shield up. Block this. Okay, what did that do? Block that. What did that do? And it, you put all this together. Tactics is more like these are the stats of my characters. These are their abilities. This is the terrain they're going to be fighting on. These are the abilities that they're going to have. It's, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's a completely different thing. All right. Completely different. The way you lay out your squad, you go into a battle knowing what's going to happen, and knowing, you know, after you've been after you've lost to it, you well, you know that this guy comes out of this little little alleyway right here. So how are you going to prepare for that? Right. So we good? We good on system name? We'll yeah, we're good. Get on system. What's that? Right, cool. You gonna go for the next topic? Sure. All right. Uh, the next topic is revolutionary. Uh, I'll let you qualify this one since I qualified the hell out okay. of the system. Revolutionary. Revolutionary RPG is to me something that is going to impact things that follow it. Okay. And I went with an untraditional pick. I'm willing to bet you, well, kind of figured I knew where you would have went, but since you kicked a horse out of the wall, about what, an, another behind the curtains, we didn't pick an order for this. Yeah. So, so we both made our list and took notes, but we didn't set the order in. So I'm saying as a, as a rib to Adam, ah, you kind of kicked your Final Fantasy horse out of the, out of the way. Now you can't use it no more. Yep. But that might have been the first pick for him to, from the get-go if we would have started out with System. Uh-huh. But I would if, – if it was my guess, I would have picked Final Fantasy VII because Final Fantasy did VII? that motherfucker touch lives? It did. Well, when but, I say when I say revolutionary, it's not just necessarily the reach of the game and what it did for the genre. As a whole. But also mechanically, mm-hmm. like uh, – Say, for instance, the active time battle system, mm-hmm. stuff like that, and that's a that's one for Final Fantasy. Is you know, do these things are these things contained? What did it do for the genre? What's it going to push forward for the genre moving forward? Okay, all right. 
So then I started the last one. You get to start this one. So what was your pick for the most revolutionary oh, man, RPG? Goes. This is my most controversial pick right oh, here. Oh, if you pick Chrono Cross, I will throw my it headset. motherfucking Witcher 3. Okay, that's, oh, that's a little late in the game, though. Right? That is very, very late in and, the game. But it's already making waves. Okay, go ahead. Let's and the let's reason hear. I'll say this let's is hear. it's already got two games that it's influenced. Mm-hmm. And you guess what they are? Actually, three games. Far Cry? Well, no. No, I no, 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 no. RPGs. Three prominent RPGs. RPGs. You're putting me on the spot here. No, not Skyrim. Nope. God, I haven't even played Skyrim. Think, think of... Witcher 3-ish games. Dark Souls. Damn. No, I, I don't okay. I hate being put on the spot. Games like <clears throat> the new Mass Effect Andromeda that's coming up. Oh, well. No wonder I don't list I, that one. And what we talked about earlier, Zelda. Oh, yeah. The new Zelda yeah. is, that is also being influenced by The Witcher 3. But Adam, Zelda's not an RPG. Move on. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll go oh, there. Oh, you had, you had Zelda's not an RPG. Zelda's Damn. It's not an RPG. It's an action-adventure game. Action-adventure game. Not an RPG. Fucking Link is just crying over in the corner Link right now. Link knows where he's He's right next to Final Fantasy. You were They're that guy in high other. school, weren't you? You were They're that guy that's like, other. I got this new RPG, Link to the Past. We were like, what the fuck? They were like, get out of here, nerd. And then they beat and me they up. beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here, nerd. So you picked... Witcher 3. For Revolutionary, you picked Witcher 3. So let's hear the spiel. Let's hear, let's hear about it. Why you picked it as the most I have never before, and we've talked about this on the last podcast, I've never before seen such seamless integration of a concept into a world. You have... The quests flow very naturally. The quest, the way quests are given and received and end and begin. Um, you're just walking down the town. You see some guy waving beside his cart like, hey, fucking help me. Oh, my God. You see uh, the way a, a theme is carried out through the world. Play a, a just a constant overarching ability for this world to be portrayed in every aspect Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of the game. Mm -hmm. You no longer have a... Now, you never feel like you're not in The Witcher 3 when you're playing The Witcher 3. I'll definitely agree there, big time. That game puts you in a world and keeps you there. Correct. And I think that this concept, this open world concept where you just go through this living, breathing world is a revolutionary concept for the genre. And I think it's going to be one of the best innovations we've ever seen. Could you imagine a Castlevania game in this vein? Oh, man. Yeah, you just creamed your fucking pants, did Oh, you? I did. And could I you, gotta, we could you imagine a Sue Coden game? Oh, uh, let's not go there. I could. I've already, uh, I've I could imagine a lot of games that would benefit from this. I could. I don't know about Sweet Code. Castlevania? Oh, yes. But Sweet Code. What about a Final Fantasy game? 
Well, I will have a chance for that soon because Final Fantasy 15 is going to be running up in that. Oh, I mean, uh, sure. I mean the seven remakes going to be up in that alleyway. So yeah, you know, it's uh, this active. Uh, you're going to start seeing it's not necessarily the combat system. Mm-hmm. That's why this isn't going the system spot. It's just the the overarching way that the story is told. Mm-hmm. The story is told at its own pace in an open world environment. Mm-hmm. Side quests. All of this goes just, it's all around you to be absorbed, but not in a Skyrim where everything feels very scripted way. Yes, yes. Skyrim felt very, um, uh, the only way I can say it is uh, Bethesda is an, it makes great stories mm-hmm. and they suck ass at storytelling in the exact opposite way that a game like Call of Duty tells really shitty stories, but is really, really good at telling good. them. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Witcher was like, here's a fucking epic story and where boy, do I got a story for you. Yep. So this is what happens when you have a really complex narrative with told in a beautiful way and translated into an open world seamlessly you know a, a good term to use for this is the witcher 3 feels very 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 and i'm talking alive. all aspects it feels very natural it feels natural alive and it's just robust it doesn't stop and that and that's why i call it revolutionary because what you're going to have is other people are going to look at this game and go how can i make my game stand up to that mm-hmm. In all of its aspects. How can I make my game feel like this world where I just died and I'm in it and I'm absorbed in it? And I feel like the new Zelda game that's coming out, call it an RPG or not, but it's revolutionary across the spectrum because that's what they went for. Yeah, they did. They went for how do you fucking feel like you're in Hyrule? Yep. Man, you hit the nail on the head right there. That's actually another phrase that one of those reviewers used. He said, "He he said I and I could be I could be paraphrasing this, and if I get it wrong, oh well. But uh, this is just another reason why I want to get into this game so fucking bad." As he said, "No high rule that I have ever played in. That's including Ocarina of Time. Because you remember." When you actually get into the outworld of Ocarina of Time, it's actually kind of small. Yeah. When you were younger, it felt big because it's designed to look big, but in reality, it's actually very small. The overworlds of like Link to the Past and Link's Awakening, those are big because they're so there's variety everywhere. Yeah. And he said the the overworld, Hyrule as a whole, and I'm using my fingers to project a gigantic space as a large map. He said Hyrule has never felt this big and full and entertaining before for me ever. Now you're you're just you're jamming. Fucking yeah, that's a that's a tall yes. statement to make. Yes, that what that's saying is is that when you that's get out of this real world, you take a combined fucking arsenal of all these other high rolls, mm-hmm. and you're saying not one of them is like this. Yes, that's a big. That means a big doing, thing. It's doing good things. So, but <coughs> pardon me. So we're we're talking no, we're no, talking no. about revolutionary, and that's a good pick. I'll give you that. Uh, probably gonna trounce mine, so to speak. Because uh, I will personally admit this is probably the least one that I looked into because oh. because I, I took revolutionary in in the sense of the popularity because That's fine. to me this RPG well it's not because hey 
it'll come later because of your bullshit engineering for this list. I was gonna pick, I was gonna pick Final Fantasy Seven yeah. because Final, Final Fantasy Seven put this fucking game and this RPG and this world in people's houses that they don't give two shits about an RPG. But by God, they saw this blonde-haired dude with this big-ass sword and all these commercials and this silver-haired guy. Totally and it, not overcompensating for something. It blew RPGs up. Yeah. Especially console RPGs, but it blew R- it it RPGs. The market. To me, RPGs and Final Fantasy VII... Final Fantasy VII took RPGs away from that whole, oh, it's the Dragon Warrior, the dice, the nerds, and the Final Fantasy, and made it, man, this shit's actually cool. I didn't get to pick that, because I picked Final Fantasy somewhere else. We'll get to that later. So what I did pick, I said, okay, I folded my arms, I thought about it for about, oh, I don't know, two seconds, because this list is bullshit. What RPG came along that made me go, this is going to revolutionize the way RPGs are done? Because I thought RPGs back in the day, and I thought of RPGs like Dragon Warrior, like Final Fantasy, like the typical turn-based hit enemies in the overworld, change the screen, go to a new thing, uh, active time battle, or take uh, per-turn battles, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I picked Secret of Mana. Oh, interesting. I, I picked Secret of Mana because I remember when I first got this game, I'm not, I, I didn't argue that it was an RPG. But it blew my mind of what this game was compared to a typical RPG. This is before that was I the played. First I, time you could ever get shot out of a cannon. Yeah, I. That's ex- something they right use in every RPG right since there, then. Right there was the most revolutionary. <laughs> no. Uh, point of fact, I played Secret of Mana before I played Chrono Trigger. Uh-huh. So me seeing enemies out in the real world and not having, for one, seeing the enemies out in the real world, that was new to me. And then not having to bump into them and then make a, a, a battle appear. I had to battle them on the screen. It was active. Like, it was legit active time. It wasn't secret menu with bars going up and whoever bars filled up fastest. That's your active time battle. No, this was the enemy's there. Oh, he's going to start swinging at you. You better swing back. Yeah. Uh, leveling, the way that you leveled up weapons. Like, your per- there was no personal level. You leveled your weapon. And how good were you at using your weapon? That was what counted. Uh the depths of the story. Again, this is before I played Chrono Trigger. Uh, this this was an RPG, and this was the first RPG that made me look back and go, man, RPGs are not just this one box. They don't fit in these four square corners. Uh, kind of expanded is, your exactly. horizons a little bit there. This, this, is, this would be a telltale reason why Dark Souls, to me, is an RPG, because it has so it has a, the major core aspects of it are what make it what it is. Yes, the battle system of Dark Souls is what people go for, but it has a large, intricate, and very mysterious story. The plot is there, and the plot is big, and you also have a character that levels up. And you have weapons that level up. So those aspects, even though a lot of games today do marry and merge different genres, a game like Secret of Mana is one from way back that goes, hey, it ain't always about the typical things. Now, it did have a conventional story. It did have, you know, this 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 old kid who low, he just happens to get called up by a sword. And yep. what do you know? This, the boy got picked. Fuck you. Get out of my town. The conventional nature of the story 
was there. The basic non-revolutionary thing was there. But the whole battle system and that shit happens on the screen right there in your face, that to me was a start. In my gaming world, not actual gaming, I'm pretty, there had to have been RPGs that did this probably on the Nintendo before this. But for me, that was the first one for me that made me go, oh, man, this is different. This is an RPG that's not an RPG, but it is an RPG. Yep. So, so that's the one I picked. Damn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> again, again, I just want to stress, this is because of the fucking arbitrary rules of your bullshit list, because if Final Fantasy VII immediately came to mind. But for the record, I can't pick Final Fantasy VII. I can't do it. Next topic. Here's a good one. We have two left, folks. We have story and then our game of all time. So okay, the next topic is story. So we're about to talk about what game, in our opinion, has the best story. Okay. Um, I'll go I'll, – I'll add qualifications, but this one's pretty self-explanatory. What RPG had the best story, whether it was told well, no matter what it was. If if you were to write down the story, be it a page or 2,000 pages, and just tell the story of this game, what had the best one? Somebody put a script of a story in front of you. What was the best one? It could be for any reason. It could be because it had the best antagonist, had the best protagonist, had the best plot. It involved the most – it had the, the biggest impact worldwide, <laughs> universal-wide. It could have been just a story of, a, of a one or two people, whatever one. What one was like – it's like picking your favorite book that you read. Yeah. What game had the best story of all time? Correct. For me, since I'm starting on this one, uh, here we go. Uh, my, been waiting for this one. This yeah. is a pretty good one. I actually took some thought into this one, and and I picked the story specifically of Mass Effect One. What? Yes, of all the RPGs, of all the RPGs. Um, and here's why. This is actually one of the reasons why. Uh, back in the day, I. I was having a conversation with Adam one day about why I would pick what what things that I actually liked about about Mass Effect. Um, the main thing that I pulled from Mass Effect's uh, the game. Now we're talking about just the first game. I'm only talking about the first game. One of the biggest reasons why I picked Mass Effect One over Mass Effect Two. Uh, which didn't really have an effect because the, the, it still carried on and carried very well. One of the one of the most impacting attributes of Mass Effect One was the story. And yes, this was me kind of preloading the question with the qualification earlier. The the destruction, the enemies, the main antagonist of Mass Effect One was the most shaking antagonist that I've ever come across. For those of you, spoiler, I don't think we spoiled warning anything of this podcast. Hell no. Oh, shit. Well, if we spoil things, we do apologize. We hope we have. That's the end of time. You're supposed to already know everything. Oh, yeah. You're 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 supposed to be coming to the end of time of gaming. (laughs) So, um, spoiler warning. For those of you that haven't played Mass Effect, spoiler warning at this mark right here. Can't tell the time because I haven't edited this podcast yet. But you know, you might want to fast forward about five minutes or so, and we'll you, we'll we'll pick up from there. So you come up, you come to this section of Mass Effect One. You've been chasing down. You're supposed to go. You're supposed to go find this uh this particular Reaper. His name is Sovereign. You track it down. You get to this AI thing. And you actually get to talk to Sovereign. 
And in this first conversation with him, you find out what the Reapers are to a degree. It's kind of cryptic the way he talks, but you get the first half of the idea of what Reapers are, of what their intention are, what they are. Yeah. Now, later you find another conversation with an AI. I forget his name. It's an AI. Um, it's in some – everybody knows what I'm, what I'm trying to The talk. VI inside the conduit? Yes, yes. You get to talk to that one. And they come through and give you basically the second half. They tell you the other – they tell you basically what the Reapers are. And this was so – I mean, I, goosebumps. I felt the impact of the weight of what was going on in this story. You have these beings, and I'm paraphrasing. If I get the specific details wrong, forgive me. You have these beings. They're biomechanical, as of now they are anyway. And what they do is leap. they leapfrog through time. They'll pick a point, and they'll just let life happen. They'll let – across the fucking universe, mind you, they'll just let the universe grow. And this planet will have life, and that planet will have life, and this galaxy will have life. And this the first planet had this kind of technology. The other planet had this kind of socioeconomic structure. This other one had this – they found this rare metal. This other planet had this other – they learned these battle tactics. So the Reapers would let life happen for like a, a while, thousands of years or whatever. They would come in. They would just poured in. They can't be detected. They're just sitting out somewhere in another dimension, just chilling, just letting life happen. They get woken up. They come into our reality. They come into our dimension, and they start going galaxy to galaxy, planet to planet, and they just glass everything. They take what they want. They basically reap the technologies or the metals or the tactics or food or whatever from wherever they choose. They pick the cream of the crop for the best of the best things, and they glass everything else, and they leave just enough behind to start over again. So they get what they want. They teleport out of there, and over thousands of years, they let life happen again. They leave just enough behind to where the new technology can advance on the old. They basically let the universe do the work for them. They just come in and go, hey, all that hard work, thanks, give me that, and they eradicate everybody. So to our level, just on Earth, these beings show up that we have almost no fucking defense for because their ships are nigh impenetrable. Their lasers cut everything. There's millions of these things, and they just walk across Earth and just kill everything. And they'll go, oh, yeah, we'll take iron. Uh... We'll t- we'll take plutonium. We'll we'll take this this nuclear reactor and we'll use that technology. We'll take this food because we can grow this in our dimension and and, and resupply ourselves for years. Let's just fucking glass everything else, families, countries, everything. Let's just fucking glass everything and destroy everything. We'll be back in a few thousand years. Let's see what y'all can do. They have repeated this cycle over and over and over again in this universe. You and Mass Effect have things that you're doing politically throughout the universe, but you find out what the fuck is going on with the Reapers. So all this other shit, for specifically for your crew and for Shepard and everybody else, they're like, folks, there is a problem. 
there is some shit coming. Like this, th- this is gonna happen. And nobody believes. Everybody you. else around you is like, nah. We got this battle totally going on. Not, totally not. We got things. this war. Now, also an- another thing about this story is that re- this is round about the top. This is a little bit. I'm, I'm speaking round about. We're talking maybe a couple hundred years. So these are large gaps in time. But humans just got out in space. They just got out there in the depths of space. Yeah. And we're thinking, we're like, man, we're talking about coming from making rocket ships to ships that can go to interstellar travel to ship to, to we've made ships that can go beyond our galaxy to another galaxy. We've, we've made ships that can go light speed. We can, we've, tr- we've come up so many years and so many decades and hundreds of years. Now we're out in deep space and we're like, yes, humans have done this. We, as the human species, are out in the wild, wild world. And then we meet other aliens. And the other yep. aliens are sitting back, leaned up against walls with their arms folded, looking at their fingernails going, hey, uh, humans, welcome, welcome, to the, welcome to the rest of the universe. Yeah, we've been existing for, you know, millennia. We've, we've been up here. We actually have an intergalactic council. We've all been talking to each other for years and for, for decades. Right. That wasn't Hundreds even of- how it started. How it started was they opened up that mass relay, that very first one, and then they were like, wow, look, another mass relay. I wonder where this one goes. Yeah. Well, and but, they started opening them and opening well, the them. Well, point, the point I'm getting at is, though, is once we actually got out in the world, we were so hyped that humanity had come to this point where we have intergalactic travel. Yay. Yep. And everybody else is like, man, we've been doing this for a long time. Yep, this and ain't now, new to us. So here's our technology. You know, Here's the Turians' technology. Here's the, the Geth technology. Here's, here's the Corian technology. Here's... Here's uh, the Krogan technology. Here's what we've been doing all these times. I've been all interconnected and talking. You guys just got here. And humans are like, yes, look, we are a formidable force. We are we are a race, and we deserve to be part of your council. We deserve to be taken serious. And all these aliens are like, <laughs> you have no it, – it puts – You don't have a clue. It puts a scale on you that you had no idea. Like, look, these three races have been in fucking war with each other. Have you have you seen what these what these interstellar wars look like? Have you seen what these gigantic battle cruisers look like and have had these trade negotiations back and forth? And the, you think you think Earth politics are bad? Intergalactic politics, races that cannot and will not get along with each other, but somehow have made it happen. There's all this shit going on, but you. The human race, because you got a few million or a few billion at this point, you want to just walk in here and be part of this. You got to earn this. We need to show. Okay, let's look at your planet. Oh shit, you guys are fucking self-destruct. You haven't even unified as a people yet. You as a human race have not even unified amongst your people, but you want to come in and negotiate with us? That's not going to work. So there's all this interpolitical, all this uh-huh. shit that's going on, and it's not just on the human level anymore. The human factor is a tiny little insignificant speck in the sand of the sand planet that you are now a part <laughs> of. So not only do you as the human race have this whole big thing where you're trying to come up in the intergalactic spectrum, you also have gotten up there a little bit and found out, oh, shit, there's some shit about to go down. The way that Mass Effect tells this story is okay. The story itself, it 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 digs at you. It has depth and has level, and it has a scale and scope that 
pretty much no other RPG that I can think of has come to play. Now, Chrono Trigger is a good example. That has time spanning, and it's intergalactic. But you don't go outside the universe in Chrono Trigger. Nope. Final, Final Fantasy VI has a damn good story. has a really good fucking story. Sweet Golden has a really good fucking story. The scale of the story of Mass Effect, the, the, the tendrils of the small little parts of the story, how far they reach out, unparalleled in my opinion. So my, my pick for the best story of all time for any RPG was is Mass Effect. Good pick. Good pick. And I will say that while Mass Effect is a mile wide, a lot of it can be just a little bit of an inch deep. Um, you have some things that are just skimmed over. You have some things that are uh, not well explained. Things like uh, <clears throat> why, for instance, the Asari and all these other races even allowed the humans to be part of this council or even be thought of as part of this council. Well, they banged some. We had to bang somebody. Yeah, it was just like you know what we gotta we gotta keep moving. We gotta we gotta make the humans the heroes. I think once the Asari council got a hold of that human dick. Yep, that's what it was. They were like, wow, wow, holy shit! You have one shaft and one head, huh? Hmm. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> That's like, cute. It's only got one head. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You have a vagina. Oh, that's adorable. Go show him, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a penis fly trap. Just dom dom dom. So, <clears throat> my pick for the best story is a game that you could probably see coming. For best story. Well, you've already knocked Sweet Coden out of the water. Yep. You've already knocked Final, Final Fantasy. Fantasy out of the water. Chrono Trigger? Nope. This is going to be an upset. Sorry. Is it? Well, let's see. going to be an upset? Let's see. Dino Gears. Oh, my God. Oh. I'm glad. No, please spend 20 minutes talking about Xenogears. I'm ready. I am so ready for you to get the Xenogears talk out of the water. Are you? Wheelhouse Are you ready? Xenogears and Colonel Trigger. Please, by all means, get Xenogears out of the way. Damn. This. Oh, I, you know what? You let me talk. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Damn. Xenogears is everything that you said it was. Xenogears is about an intergalactic... An intergalactic ship that was passing by a planet carrying a dangerous weapon. Dangerous weapon? It's spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Spoilers. Fucking. These are good spoilers. Fucking God, spoilers. But I can't. I don't have enough time to ruin the shit out of Xenogears. Yeah. Um, Shit gets deep in Xenogears. Oh, man. Xenogears, the best way to describe Xenogears' story is in Onion. Because you peel back the first layer and there's another one. You peel back that layer, there's another one. You peel back that layer. It's a very Game of Thrones-ish way of... Uh, yeah, you go through it and you're like, man, I didn't notice that before. But I can see all the little signs that this was going to happen. And it, we got religious symbology. You've got war. You've got people being, you know... Puppeted or puppeteered by other people. You've got ancient uh, ancient beings that are reproducing throughout time. 
You have a love story. You have all these different things in this one game. Um, they have giant fucking mechs, which is always good. It's always a plus. Always a plus. Um, so you you end up with a. Let's go back to the beginning. Yeah, this interstellar ship carrying a giant effing weapon by this planet, and suddenly the weapon goes, "Nah, I don't feel like being controlled anymore," and attacks the ship. And the captain's like, "Oh well, let me just self-destruct the ship," and. They, everybody starts popping off in the landing pods and the weapon takes control of the weapons on the ship and shoots all the landing pods except for one turns out that this one wasn't going to get shot down because this little boy walked and found this giant wave of existence He's a, a god that essentially got trapped so the little boy was walking one day found a god Yep, he's the only one that survives the crash and he hits the ground, and the wave of existence goes, well, it's just one little boy on the ground. So I'm going to need to repopulate this place, and he's not even old enough to take care of himself, so let me make a person for him. And then the weapon, it also slams into the ground, and it decides, okay, well, I'm going to have to populate this planet if I ever want to get the fuck off of it. So I'm going to make a person. I'm going to make people. Mm-hmm. And the weapons people find the God's people and they kill them. And the God says, well, then fuck that. Oh, I want to get free. Mm-hmm. So you have this God entity versus this weapon. Mm-hmm. And they're vying for who's going to have the bigger dick. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're like, okay, well, uh, you killed my two people, but I'm going to put all my stock in these two motherfuckers right here. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to have them keep being reborn throughout time over and over and over again. And whenever one's born, the other one's going to be born and they're going to meet and it's going to fucking be cool. Okay. And then you have the, you know, the weapon has its own version of this person and they're reborn they're literally reborn seconds after the other one dies. So there's never a period of time where this thing doesn't exist. Right. Um, but in, in the same turn, the weapon made all of the rest of the people that populate this planet and they go out and do their own thing so the weapon is like okay well eventually all these people are going to be food and i'm going to use to gather up all my energy and fucking get the hell off this planet and goes from there you end up with a story that absolutely uh, you come out all of this information that I'm giving you to you right now is developed over the course of 80 hours of story. Yeah, this is back in the good old days where RPGs had that pretty much landlocked standard of 70 to 80 hours. Yeah, you're sitting there. No grinding. That's your, that's this your is, core game. This is spoon-fed to you a grain of salt at a time over the course of this 80 hours where you put all these things together. Okay, and I haven't even scratched the surface of how deep this goes. He's not exaggerating, folks. This, this game is, is this is a deep fucking story. There if you are took, wikis upon wikis upon explanations of those wikis of what this story is about. Correct. <laughs> now you take you take Mass Effect story, which I will say is about uh, probably about a foot deep and a mile wide. You said that. Yep, and you take. Xenogears' story, which is about a foot wide and a mile deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, its its scope is contained to this planet, but this planet has some shit go down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so 
Yeah, if you wanted a game that's going to keep you on your toes and you never know what the fuck is going on until the end when you're just like, wow, really? Yep. And that you need to play a couple of times to actually wrap your head around the events yep. that have occurred, this is the game for you. This game you can beat and nothing changed. You didn't make any decisions you didn't make the first time. But now you're starting to notice things. You're starting to notice little things you didn't notice before. Little off comments that suddenly make more sense in light of what's actually happening. And all of these things. And it plays out in such a natural way. You're just following this one guy's journey. As he goes to get some fucking medicine from his doctor friend up on the... He goes up there and he never comes back. Dies right there at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. That's it's that a very enough. short. Game. We lied. It's actually about thirty-two minutes long. <laughs> the game's about five minutes long. You walk <laughs> up the thing, he dies. But this game, this game has what I call a creme de la creme story. It's a complex story told in a complex way. Yes, and I need we need to emphasize that. Well, let me emphasize that because that's probably one reason why I would never pick Sweet uh, Xenogears as the best story because. Uh, it is also part of the development cycle. It's not not just the company itself. I mean, uh, Squaresoft, Squaresoft made the fucking game, but the this is probably, in my opinion, one of the. It's great story. The storytelling is fucking garbage. Thank because, you. Because, well, yes, my first playthrough. Now, mind you, um, uh, education levels aside, intelligence levels aside, when I played through Xenogears, I was probably around 15, 16 years old. I played through it, and I got to say, probably halfway that game, I was already getting lost. By the end of that game, I was literally just beating enemies and beating bosses just to say that I did it. I had no fucking idea what was going on in that game. That's just one of those things about Xenogears. And of and the outset, immediately I said, you know what? I should go back to this game again. I could probably I, I could probably understand a bit better. I never got around. I think I played through Xeno Gears a total of two times in my life. Once in that teenage, and I think one when I was around 23, 24 or something. Still don't fucking know what what's going on. Yep. The, 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 truth be told, the main reason why I have a good a, a slight grasp of what's going on is because Adams explained this story to me like five times. To me, that is a severe detractor for a game as far as story. Well, here, here's one of the here, here's one thing that I will use in defense. The second half of Xenogears was completely shit on. Yep. The Square just decided, fuck it, we're shitting out another Final Fantasy this year. Take your take Square uh, Xenogears' budget. Yep. And they kicked it out the door, and so they have a, an entire section of the second disc where they just fucking shit the story out to you in big lines of text, like "fuck it, we got a lot of exposition to cover and not a lot of time to do it." Yep. And uh, game segments where you'd probably played, you don't get to. Yeah. Sucks. I hope they re-release the game. If there was a game I want to be remade, yes, that would yes. be the one. Because in my um, in my in my humble opinion. If they took Xenogears and they remade it, they updated they updated the graphics a little bit. Graphics ain't the problem with that game. If they updated the, the way they told the story and gave it its due diligence, yep. take that two-disc idea, make it three. Fuck, Final Fantasy VII got four. Make it four discs. Don't care how you do it. But if they took that game and told the story better, 
I think it would have reached many, many, many more people. Because the people that did get that game back in the day echoed what I was saying. They're like, I don't fucking know what I just played. And everybody around them was like, well, maybe I won't work on that. Maybe, Hey, Final Fantasy VIII's coming out. I'll try that one out. Final Fantasy's tried and true. You know, or God help them, Chrono Cross is coming out. Oh, God. Oh, God. What? <laughs> Their face just melts off. <laughs> It's like it's like the Raiders of the Lost Ark when they yeah. open it. It's like, ah, but yes, I completely agree. If that game, it doesn't need a facelift from the graphics. I mean, it's going to get one great. If it had a up, if it had a facelift as far as the way it told the story, if it took the second part of that game and just fleshed it out better and just told it, it and just did what they needed to do. Make the plot out differently, however you want to do it, but just tell that story differently because there is a damn good story well here here's the thing okay and you have to look at xenogears from multiple angles to understand it yes one you once you understand what all is happening and who's all manipulating who it all starts to make sense okay when you look at the opening scene and um here's spoilers the first town gets fucking destroyed okay they land they take damage and they land in this, uh, you know, sector or whatever. And they're like, okay, well, we have to get out. Now, all of that, that whole situation was set up. Mm-hmm. That whole situation was set up. You were just playing in it. Later, you find out that whole thing was just, it was, it was meant what, to be. what it was is they were like, oh, well, they unearthed the mobile suit, or not mobile suit, they unearthed oh. the gear. Cross universe. <laughs> they, Here we go. They, they Gundam in your which is the gear of the contact. Mm-hmm. Well, the giant organization, which was founded by one of the things that uh, that the the weapon created, that it has a secret country that no one knows about that controls all the other countries. Well, they send down special forces to help with one side or the other. And all there it's a high level thing. Nobody knows about it. But they provide military aid mm-hmm. to each country to balance out the war, keep this perpetual war going on. They said, Okay, well they just found this gear. It's experimental, it's weird. We're gonna steal it. And so the Solarian Special Forces, which is that big country which was founded by the weapon, comes down to steal the other thing. Well, they're also playing both sides, so they're helping the enemy. They knew to ambush them at the same time, and they knew to intercept them right on top of the person where they had another agent watching the contact himself. So they reunited the contact and his gear, and Holy shit, they did not expect what was coming. <laughs> so they wanted to see what would happen and if it would lead to what they wanted to happen happening. And it did. I will say if anybody if anybody's having trouble following this one compared to my awesome Mass Effect story speech, think imagine if somebody put the task to you to hey, you need to explain every single season of Game of Thrones start to finish that you know 
in five minutes. Yes. That's the problem Adam's having right now. Right, uh, right now it is. That's what we're trying is, to get across to you wonderful people is that Xenogears has a fucked It's like story. a tapestry of awesome. Yes. But you have to take a couple steps back yeah. to not just look and not lose the forest for the trees. There's political intrigue. There's love stories. There's mechanized weapons. There's godlike beings. There's so many awesome things about this story. But unfortunately, the story is told kind of eh, and it requires multiple, possibly more than two playthroughs for you to Correct. start going. For you to start you're going to need to. You're going to need to absorb and that's all why. this. And, the way that Game of Thrones tells a story or the way that Mass Effect told its story is it gives you things where you go like that. When they happen, you're like, yes, Xenogears, they give them to you, but you might be so wrapped up Dino in four other storylines, you might not be able to make Dino that Gears clear. will toss them at you like a professional pitcher with a bucket of balls. Yep. Okay. It's just like one, two, three, four, five, six. Hope you're catching them. Yep. And so. – you know, I will say that's a bad mark on its storytelling, but the story makes up for it, just because there's so much there. See, that's what I would that's what I would also ta- tailor back to Mass Effect. If we were talking about the whole Mass Effect series, the way that it goes about from not only the game pay, gameplay perspective, in my personal opinion, but the story itself, the way it devolves, is it's bad. It gets the way they tell the story is bad because that is a huge fucking intergalactic opera you have set up. And it evolves down to the three choices. Like, that's kind of shitty. Four choices. Well, four, four choices. You yeah. can shoot that kid. Well, it's the same way that Xenogears just has a great fucking story, but just the way that they go about telling it makes you go, I oh, fucking, what? I mean, this <laughs> is, hold up for a second, buddy. Yeah, so not only should it require, you may, now again, if you're one of them high-speed people that you play through a one game and you got it, bravo on you. You are a few of the elite, but it may take you subsequent playthroughs may also take you reading you may have to go watch some videos of people who have done this homework and just have could cite the game like religion they could tell you this is the exact plot of the game but i can tell you this from an outside person that's done that even i watching like three-part series of let's explain the plot of xenogears i'm still going holy fuck they crammed a lot in this game yeah there is a lot. That's just a lot to absorb. Yeah. A whole lot. So that's my pick, Mass Effect, and that's your pick, Xenogears. Now it comes down to the to the last list, the last item on the list, actually. This one, I don't think it needs much qualification. It's a very simple one. What is your most preferred, your favorite, your top, your best RPG of all time, oh, I I forget who went first last time. We I think it was. I think it was me. It was story. No, it was I went first. Oh, went okay. Because Mass, Mass Effect. So you have to go first. This all time. right. So <laughs> do this. What is your most favorite? What is the best RPG of all time? Chrono Cross. You're gonna be that guy. You're gonna. You go. Nah, it's Chrono Trigger. Oh god. <laughs> Chrono Cross is the one. How I hate would the that be if everybody was like, they were setting us up? That motherfucker. I love Chrono Cross. He that. Ah! 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought you was on my Chrono side. Chrono Cross fucking sucks. <laughs> but we're not, not here to talk about Chrono Cross. We're here to talk about your favorite RPG. Which By all means, sir, the floor is yours. Which is Chrono Trigger, the unaltered Super Nintendo version of Chrono Trigger. Not with the crap they added to fucking backfill for that shit fucking garbage motherfucking trash sequel. This is true emotion, folks. Okay. This is This is that straight, no cutscenes, no fucking everybody dies at the end. This is walk away, drop the mic, best RPG of all goddamn time. Chrono Trigger had stellar graphics. One of the one of the, the best sprite-based RPGs. Next it's neck and neck with Final Fantasy VI, and this is a hard sell. Mm-hmm. Even today, mm-hmm. it's always fi- it's always fucking Chrono Trigger versus Final Fantasy VI, and you'll find people on both sides of the camp. We've actually had Easily. this discussion. I'm sure, okay. we'll have this discussion Easily. one day here on the podcast. Because <laughs> I almost guarantee that's what you picked, but. <clears throat> <laughs> I, I called this like the moment I made this fucking list. I was like, it's probably gonna come down to that. Um, and I, I still don't know what your pick actually is. I've been I've been kind of saving it so we could get the raw reaction out of it. Um, the the thing about Chrono Trigger is it's got badass music, as you mentioned. It was your pick for music. It's got badass graphics for the time, and we're not. These are crisp sprite-based graphics, not. Um, you know, modern sprites, or it's just at its time, it had the best animation at a Kiratoriyama's fucking art. Mm-hmm. Okay, the this, same, that name should ring a bell for for listeners. For your here, Dragon Ball fans, it had. <clears throat> oh man, if I could remember his name, but he composed Xeno Gears, he composed Chrono Trigger, and he composed a lot of the Final Fantasies. Mm-hmm. Was it Yoshitaka Mano? I don't think it was a uh, Mitsu something. Mits, uh, I don't remember. Yeah. Anywho, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it, a very badass composer, and it also had a kick fucking ass battle system. Mm-hmm. Mention mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the dual text and the triple text. Mm-hmm. Had a badass story with a badass scope for a story. So you can hop through time, explore each of these worlds, explore each of these worlds in each of these time frames and see your actions impact the next generation as you hop through time. And for a, for a, you know, a teenager back in the days to see that done like in a game just to actually see time travel and story via time travel done, that was that's mind blowing. Oh yeah. Well, now let's cap it off. It has some revolutionary features too. New Game Plus was not a thing until Chrono Trigger made it one. New Game Plus. <laughs> Start over with all your shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Let's do it again. It's also got 12 different endings. Not 13. 12 endings. different endings. Yep. <laughs> I like how you stress that. <clears throat> so, you end up with a immaculate fucking story. And it, and it has its twists. It has its big fucking twists. Mm-hmm. It has its big changes to the way you think of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and a huge world-ending scope. Um, you have allies that become enemies, enemies that become allies. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Um, you, you have a whole gamut of emotion that you go through throughout Spoiler the game. Spoiler alert, it has a main character dying. dying. Yep, which is a big thought, thing. You people thought probably when you hit Final Fantasy VII, if you've never played Chrono Trigger, you were like the whole Ares dying thing. If you didn't have a spoiler for you, that, regardless of the meme shit around it, that was very impactful. This had the main character dying. Had you, the silent protagonist, dead. Just futilely fights the final boss in the middle of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess I won't be winning this one. Does what a hero is going to do. Does all does what you stereotypically know a hero is going to do. Sees an impossible everybody else force and says, I will step up. Everybody else is down. Fuck it. I'm going to try. I'm still going to step up. I'm at least going to put myself as a shield. And then he gets fucking Utterly dead. annihilated. Yep. And thus, the second half of the game begins. Mm-hmm. But... Looking back at all these things that happened and all these games that I've ever played, there's never been one that resonated so well. I could pick up that game right now and play it. Mm-hmm. I could play it right fucking now. Mm-hmm. It never got old. That game is just that much it fun. It is timeless. That is not. We're not saying that lightheartedly. You could go it get that timeless. on a ROM or an emulator, go find an old cartridge and slap it in, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Play that game if you haven't played it. I, I can honestly say I'll be playing that game to the ends of time. Ah, uh, 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 was that good? Uh, Did I get one uh, good one? Uh, okay. That's my game. That's that is a that is my game. That's a solid pick. Solid pick. Well earned. Yep. Well earned. Um. All right. Well, then I guess it's off to mine then. And yeah, you uh, you you kind of you kind of got close to it for my pick. You you probably had this 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 uh head to head battle planned out ahead of time. But I'm a dark horse picker. Yep. Oh, shit. Yep. Now, let's talk about what I can't it. pick. I can't pick Sweet Coden 2. It was right here up on this wall. Yep. I can't pick Sweet Coden 2. Sweet Coden's out of the water. Yep. Can't pick Dark Souls or any one of the Dark Souls. Dark yep. Souls out of the water. I can't pick Chrono Trigger because that was my music pick. Yep. Your fucking rules. Can't pick Mass Effect. even. And if I would pick one, it would only be Mass Effect 1, period. Now that leaves Final Fantasy. Now, which Final Fantasy would I pick? Hmm. Could I pick Final Fantasy VII? Because everybody knows it. Yeah, it was really good. I'll give you that. And I'm gonna only, I'm, I'm gonna list my personal favorites. Could I pick Final Fantasy XII? I could, because God damn, that story was good. And the way they told that story was so good. By the way, you still owe me to play that game. That's my second favorite. Still not my favorite. Could I pick my first Final Fantasy, the one that I started the whole fucking RPG love with? I know it was good, but nah, nah. Could I pick the one that I saw my older cousin play, and that's what really got me into the 16-bit era of Final Fantasy IV? Nah. Of course, Adam. Of course I did. I picked Final Fantasy VI. Fucking knew it. Yep. You're still predictable. <laughs> I am so <laughs> predictable. Um, Adam and I have had this discussion before. We will have it again on this podcast at some date. It, it, is, it got heated, but it was a respectful debate between he and I, which, which is the better RPG, Final Fantasy VI or Chrono Trigger. He picks Chrono Trigger. I pick Final Fantasy the thing is, with picking these two, just like I said earlier about us picking any of these. About killing children. 
Yes, is we are. No, yeah, I'm not even going to say that. No, <laughs> God, no. You're, you're picking which one of your children will live. Oh, and yes, yes, die. okay, yes, in that degree. Not, I thought you were trying to label us we do as on the weekend. Children killers. What? I heard that. What? I heard you sneak say, that in there. What? Um, yes, is that any of these games that we picked in this list? They are legitimate, awesome stellar freaking picks they are creme of the creme for our list but it is it's almost no doubt in, my, in our mind that if any of you wonderful people pick up any one of these awesome games you're, you're gonna, gonna have a whole them. lot of fun you you may not even pick the game because of you may not pick chrono trigger because it was the best music you may pick chrono trigger because you just totally fell in love with dual tech and triple tech and that may be what you took away you may pick up say mass effect and it, the Fucking grenades might be the reason why. Who knows? But the bottom line is, when you pick any of these games that we picked on this list, I guarantee if you're an RPG fan of a sort, you're going to love these games. Yep. My pick for game of all time, yes, was Final Fantasy VI. Taking off the playing field of the emotional impact that this game had on me, listen to the Zero episode if you want to find out why, taking away the emotional impact of this... Uh, of this game, which is a big factor to me, uh, we're we're gonna go through one day. I, I would challenge you, Adam, to maybe try to make a top fifteen, top twenty, top hundred list of your own. One go, day, and go through the hell that I went through. I, I, yeah, but I'm dreading that. Actually. But if we ever go through a top my top fifteen, I will tell everybody now that the top picks are straight fucking nostalgia slash emotional slash they have some type of life tied to it it's not just because it was the greatest game or because the graphics were the best it's because there was some emotional tie to it on a personal level that nobody else is going to have but me i think that's a part of why we make lists the way we do is that we tie things to them it's one thing to go out and google you know top 50 video game lists and then take your yeah i agree with a lot of these so i'm going to go ahead and nudge this game up like that it's another one to say no um my mother passed in the middle of this game and it just so happened in this game chrono died and i related to that and it impacted uh -huh. me on an emotional level that nobody else can touch yeah that's, that's why, why i picked it no more that's the kind of shit you just can't fuck with yeah. you can't hear somebody tell that they picked that game because of those reasons and say that they're wrong that's why i picked my number one game of all time which we'll find on another day but it's also why i picked final fantasy 6 as mine uh, the the ex extreme white hot desire to play that game was was alone enough. Once I actually got the game from start to finish, the oh I don't know thirty times I've been through that game, it blew me over every time. I love that game from start to finish. I love the story. I love the way the story is told. Uh, I love the music. I love the graphics. A, a key feature about the graphics is that, again, this was a limitation of the system itself, where they had the balls to say, hey, we have artwork from Yoshitaka Amano, who has this sweeping paintwork and there's these, this very unique artistry about his drawings. Well, instead of just seeing the standard sprite orcs and the sprite-type goblins, how can we take that and put it into a game? And they'll say, well, if we put it on a Super Nintendo, it's not going to look exactly right. And they were like, I don't give a fuck. Make it happen. Now, <laughs> if you play the game today like Final Fantasy XIV, well, we have 3D graphics now. I mean, they can show Yoshitaka Mano artwork 
to a better degree. You can see all the angles of, say, Ultras because yes. it's a 3D perspective. Back in the day, it was 2D sprites. So you can maybe make the eyes blink. You can make, make some tentacles move around up and down in digital form here and there. But they said we want to, as much as we can, take this visual perspective and put it onto a 16-bit 2D plane. And I think for what they had, they did a damn good job because that game is fucking I couldn't cool. agree more. It's fucking Could gorgeous. not agree more. The... The impact of that game is legendary. Yes. You also had an amount of characters. There were a large variety of characters, and even somebody as small as Umaro, they at least took the time to give him a little bit of story. Was it was it gigantically, hugely impactful as, say, Locks? No. Was it as it was it is was grand stream and and more merging two worlds together like uh the Figaro brothers? Uh Edgar and, and uh Sabine? No. But he was still there, and they all played a part. It was it, instead of looking at the cast of Final Fantasy VI and saying these were all hand-picked chosen ones by the light of the gods. Just take these, take all these characters that are very disparate in nature and have all these different lifestyles, and they are the individuals that stepped up and said, "We're going to stop the end of the world, or we're going to stop the bad guy." Yep. Speaking of the end of the world, spoiler alert. This is the first game for me where a villain, a very for those for those that didn't know the fucking Heath Ledger Joker back in the day now, for those that didn't know the intricate nature of the Joker and what he was about, this is a villain that said, I'm gonna be evil because I wanna be. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna do, do bad, bad things because I, I just can. feel like it. Just because I get off on doing bad fucking shit. You could look at the at Emperor Gestalt and see what why he was doing the bad things he was doing. He was a little bit power hungry. He wanted to get a hold of the espers and sap that power and make things better. Kefka just wanted to fuck shit up. Like whatever anywhere that I can inject a little bit of chaos. Again, I'm using Joker uh symbology here and words here, but they're very alike. Yeah. Kefka wanted to be bad because he wanted to be bad. Kefka also said Fuck you guys. When I get a hold of the ultimate power that I know is out there, I'm going to break this world. I'm yep. going to fuck. I just want to fuck, I just fuck shit up. Shit and people around him were like, bruh, you can't do that. You're not just going to like hurt you. You're going to tear apart. Fa-. He's like, I'm going to fucking do it. And you know what, folks? He did it. He broke the world apart. Happily did it so. Not only did he destroy the world, you – the game wasn't over. You took part in that game after the fact. You got to walk the world, and you got to see Kefka on high as a fucking god laying judgment across the world to everybody. Fuck Sephiroth. Sephiroth can suck a fucking fat dick. He didn't do shit. And I can think he of laid many, the crater the entire game. I can think many, many RPGs where you have these large, and I'm talking one person, not talking about something as massive as Mass Effect, but one person that said, I'm just going to turn the switch on whatever I want, and that was Kefka. That, when you, again, when you're a teenage kid, a very impressionable kid looking for these deep stories with these very overpowerful villains, when you come across Kefka, you've hit the cream. That is a bad, bad man. Hey, here's a here here's some parallels. Both Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger have that. Kefka destroys the world. Lavos also destroys the world. Mm-hmm. Kefka forces you to walk through the ruins of his destroyed world. 
So does Lavos. Yep. 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 So we got graphics, we got music, we got a, a, a great cast of characters, you have a great storyline, you have a huge, almost one-of-a-kind impacting story, the way that Kefka just broke the fucking world. Uh, you have little things, like you have an opera scene that's not corny, it's actually a part of the game. It has humor and opera and gameplay and battles and story all wrapped up in a nice little bow. Yep. And it's not ironic. It's actually very fucking good for what the 16-bit era could give you. Uh, you have love stories across these characters. Every character has their main story in the game, and then they have a side quest of a story where you get to learn more about them. You go in-depth and go in detail. You get to learn about Locke's actual love story. You get to go back and talk to uh, – you get to follow Setzer and have him go track down his old his, ex, his girlfriend or whatever. And forgive me again if I'm getting specifics. It's actually been about four years since I played this game. But the point is, every you have the the, the relationship between Sabine and Edgar, and you know, hey, I I knew you wanted to be the the king, but you know, I I, I picked this way because I knew you actually wanted to go out in the world and you wanted to be free. I figured I'd stay here and take the responsibility. I got you, little brother or big brother, whichever one. It's there's so much detail in this. There's so much for what this game could pack in that little 16-bit cart. That, and and then and then to cap it off, to cap it off, probably one of the best credit sequences in any video game I can think of, with the exception of maybe. I, this is going to seem kind of a dark horse pick, but I actually like Final Fantasy H credits. The way that they did the camera, and it was like that he was videotaping. It just the made who, me hate them even more. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, hated every fucking character in Final Fantasy VIII. Any anything that that anything that uh, Final Fantasy VI did that other RPGs did just alike, and even if they did it before that, I love where they go back and they visit the characters again. And the way Final Fantasy VI did it, where it's like, oh, I don't know, a sixteen-minute musical score that goes back through every area and has all their music and it touches on them getting off the island and everything yep. not as not the same as other rpgs where they'll go back to their hometown like chrono trigger did where they'll go back to okay. where they are let's see where they are now final fantasy handle it where they, they're leaving they're trying to get off the island but there's still a big musical score with everybody's music in there a little, little bitty up upscale graphic little thing of like Edgar's coin, Edgar and Sabine's coin or Gogo's hat or whatever. Ending was just it just caps that game off so good. So for me, from start to finish, everything in between and, and again and also the the battle sequences, the way that you learn magic and the espers, the way that these there was the summons that you get were actually living beings and the way that you sap you you get magic from them over time. Just, There's just so much you could cover on that game. Just like Chrono Trigger, which is why they are such equal competitors, which why they are all, they're like brother and brother tied together. There is so much in this game, but it is start to finish my favorite RPG of all time, and it well deserves that spot. So that's my pick. I can't say anything about that. That's that's a good game. Yeah, that uh, again. <laughs> so, Adam I mean, and I both we have, had this. We have little... our disagreements on how far into awesome they extend, but it's minutia. Yes, it is. This the, we're, we're, I, I don't. I've known Adam for a while. I don't know him the type to be like, oh, I'm gonna come out and pick this thing that I know everybody hates because it'll make controversy. No, when he's picking the greatest RPG of all time, 
He's got it in his heart. He's got a place that, for That's it. the game that I care about. Yeah. And any one of these lists. So so any one of these games on this list, you guys go pick and play on your own. Uh, you're going to enjoy. You're going to love. You're going to it's they're either going to be up in your top 10 or top 50 or somewhere. If you hate these games, then fuck you. I mean, hey, bring bring your reasons to fight us. me, bro. <laughs> there may be there may be some of you out there who play Colonel Trigger and you just can't fucking stand it. And it's not everybody's the same gamer, not everybody's the same same uh, lover some of the genre. Some people just need to go die in a fire. So, no, please don't. <laughs> Some people, some people just don't need to be on this planet anymore. I mean, if you're the type of person that all you do is play like, and this is there's nothing wrong with this, but if all you know is Madden and Call of Duty, and you could give two shits about Chrono Trigger, well, I can understand that. You but don't you have can that. make Chrono Trigger better by mixing ammonia and bleach, and then playing the game while you breathe in the vapors. Please don't do that. Please don't ever do that. <laughs> That's not a request or a demand from us. The, oh, the it's demand. Do no. But my point is, if you but if you are the type of person that you like RPGs, like yeah, I come, you know, I played Final Fantasy four, five, and six, and seven, and I, you know, I, I played Xeno Gears, and I played Mass Effect. Go play Chrono Trigger. I've never played that game before. You walk away from Chrono Trigger as an RPG sort of fan, and you just don't like that game. I would honestly like to know why. It would. It'd be a very very interesting, interesting discussion yeah. for somebody to be interesting like. Interesting hour of us screaming at you. Yes, but, but that's, that's also that's another thing that we're about. We are open-minded people. Uh, we we've we've saw each other eye to eye on certain things. We've 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 slightly changed each other's opinions about things. We've we've we come to each other with different perspectives. Correct. So being as that is, we do have an email address out there, for everybody. End of timecast at gmail.com. That is one word. There's no funky way to spell that. You don't have to put a three for the E or a zero for the O. It's end of timecast at gmail.com. You can send us an email. You can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. You can send us a message. You can leave a post on the wall. We have a Twitter account. Same thing, end of timecast. You can tweet at us if that's what the hip kids do you don't have to send news but they are appreciated sure you can no you can you can also go to our soundcloud page which is probably where you're listening to this right now and i'm sure there's a way to leave a comment on there or a message or some way um we highly encourage you folks to please send us uh something send us some feedback let us know what your top list is let us know if you disagree with any of these that we picked for whatever reason let us know if you agree um Love it, hate it, like it, want to hear more, want to hear less. Let us know if you have anything. Hey, here's something I wish y'all would talk about. Hey, I want to know what your opinion is of this. Hey, this is a thing that I need some help on. What do you guys think? Whatever feedback you want to give us. Uh, The only feedback we've had so far, which which has been actual uh, critical feedback of the of the actual podcast as far as like the recording quality, which we addressed at the beginning of this one. Uh, we, we humbly request you just stick with us for a while. We're going to have a little kink. We're going to have some kinks we're working out. It's going to be a lot of trial and error because neither Adam nor I are audio technicians. We are not sound quality people. So we're, we're learning as we go. So please kind of touch and go as we, yeah. as we get this, <laughs> finding more more problems as we go along. Uh, this would be the portion of the uh, podcast where we would have emails, but we don't have any yet. So if you'd like to ask us anything, tell us anything, please leave leave us some leave us some feedback. Let us know. 
Uh, I think that'll probably do it for this episode. Yeah. Um, we will be recording next week. We'll have another episode out for you. We're just going to keep this train rolling. We'll have a new topic, new stuff to talk about. And uh, we'll hope to hope you guys come around and gals come around and listen to us then. And until then, I've been, I'm Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Adam. All right. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>